Hello everyone. We have uh, another one of these this week. Um, I Skype likes to take over control of the microphone uh, volume, and I didn't notice it for like the first six or seven minutes of the show. But my mic volume was cranked up way too high. Um, I have tried to bring it down, but reducing it too much leads to this odd distortion. I'm not sure why. It could completely be something wrong with my editing skills, but regardless, there will be six, seven, maybe eight minutes, I don't remember exactly, of me being way too loud, and I do apologize for that, uh, but I notice it, and then fix it, and the rest of the show is fine. So once again, I do apologize. Uh, it seems that we are having a string of, of weeks where the things just don't always go perfectly. But that's alright. We love you, anyways, and I hope you love us too. Anyways, as I said last time that I did this, go for the theme song. Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on January the 31st, 2017. I'm your host, Game Psychologist, and with me as always... Oh wait, I've forgotten. <laughs> no, that's your thing. <laughs> Caffeine rage. On today's show, we will of course be discussing the games that we've played. We'll have our monthly ga gla game club. <laughs> we'll have our... We'll do that again. We'll have our monthly game club, uh, which is FTL this month. And everything has gotten out of order on the sheet. Uh, the Division against Microtransactions. It. We'll have our weekly community corner and our Steam weekly deals discussion. And timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Yeah, for some reason, community corner was bumped up to number three instead of being uh, Probably because six. what we were talking about with the community corner. And you moved it. Uh, I must have moved it by accident. Because I, I was fixed too it, busy uh, sorting tweets to even yeah. mess with it. Yeah, I... I must have messed it up somehow. Besides, That's okay, I though. don't need to mess with it. I mean, you screw up your own enough already. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> How are you, Rage? Uh, doing all right. Uh, glad you decided to show up, though. And yeah, by the way. Today. <laughs> yeah, the gag that I, I did for Rage's funny intro this week. So, Saturday, I was just exhausted after a long week. Yeah, and uh, I was kind of tired got... as well and was a little grumpy. Yeah, so... I, it, and correct me if I'm remembering this wrong, because I was I was pretty out of it. But I think I said something along the lines of, "Hey, do you want to do this again Monday?" And I thought you said, "Yeah, we'll see how you're feeling." And I said, yeah, "Okay." Which, uh, I kind of defaulted to, uh, "Yeah, uh, I haven't heard back from you saying no." And usually, you know, if you don't get a, a hold of me, uh, you know, it's uh, we're good to go. Yeah, but I had just forgotten all about that exchange. <laughs> and so Monday night, I tweeted something like, hey, thinking about streaming some Factorio for shits and giggles. And you were like, uh, are we not recording? And then it dawned on me, and my response was like, you know what, man? I just forgot. <laughs> no excuses. I just forgot. But, I mean, I was getting set up. I was having my uh, pre-recording cup of coffee, and it's like, um, Jared? <laughs> You forgot something. Oh, yep. That was totally my bad. But it's all right. We played Factorio, and you hung out and talked with us for a while, and it was nice to yeah, just Yeah, I played a little bit of Murder Ball. We don't do very much just hanging out and playing games. Like, usually whenever we play games, it's on stream, mm -hmm. or we're recording something. So well, that was nice honestly, to just hang out. too different? <laughs> no, I mean, I did stream that, but it was just, like, random. You know, like, just like, I'm just going to do it. 
so but I mean it worked out because we got uh, a couple extra or I got uh, a couple extra people to come play Factorio multiplayer me and Ghost Shark started and be cool uh, was watching the stream and was like hey can I join and I was like yeah sure so we had some multiplayer Factorio going on which was nice um, did I ask you how you were doing uh, I did yeah I got completely sidetracked <laughs> by that story Gee, uh, it's almost like you forgot or something. Uh, sure, we can go with that. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's a podcast recording, everybody. Fingers crossed that nothing breaks this week. No internet goes down. No power goes out. Yeah, have you uh, done your small animal sacrifice this week to uh, see if things if that changes things? Uh, no, I haven't. Which uh, is not good. Uh, I guess George got off for this week then. Uh, a letter from the governor. I made my uh, my sacrifice to the computer gods though. Over the weekend, I cracked. I got my uh, my hard drive back from Western Digital, or I should say, my replacement hard drive. Uh, and I cracked open the computer case and put it in and smashed my finger and cut <laughs> open cut open my hand. Oh, you did your blood sacrifice. Got it. Yeah, and all I all I did was I, I put the hard drive in, and I've got little clippies that hold it in place. I don't even have to use screws. It's got, you know, mounting brackets in there with little clippies. Clipped it in, plugged it up um, to the SATA, or plugged the SATA cable in, and plugged the power cable in, got everything good, and uh, went to fix my fan. So I tweeted a couple of weeks ago that I had a fan that died on me, and that I would replace it next time I cracked my case open. I got to looking, and... Um, Whenever I pulled the drive out, I must have just act, tugged on the, the power cord, and I unplugged the fan. So that was an easy fix. Just plug it back in and work in no problem. So I didn't actually have a fan die. But doing those two simple tasks, smashed a finger, cut my hand. Uh, can we call that a computer bite? <laughs> oh, that's so bad, but I love it. <laughs> that's why you love it. Yeah, so I I did do my blood sacrifice. Hopefully, it we don't have any problems this week. I guess we'll see, huh? And let me just say, thank God that we're finally talking about FTL. <laughs> I don't know how many times we've mentioned this, but you know what? We're going to mention again. It feels like it's been forever since we talked about a game club game. Well, I'm looking been, forward to moving on. Uh, well, it's been four weeks. I know. And the thing is, FTL is not a game that requires four weeks. <laughs> This next one definitely will, though. That might be the biggest problem with it. Like, you can form a pretty quick opinion in FTL in, like, a couple of hours. And then that opinion probably is not going to change very much. Yeah. And so it's like, well, okay. Because I, I played Factorio. Or not Factorio. I did play Factorio. <laughs> but I played FTL for maybe five hours for this game club. Which, I, I mean, we'll get way well, more into detail that, that later. I played less than that, had plenty of uh, time with FTL beforehand. Yeah, I mean, I'd played it three or four hours before and about four or five for this one, and well, I was just like, well, okay, put, well, I'm let's done. let's put it this way. I'm at 50 hours total for FTL. Oh, uh, you've played FTL way more than I have. I think I'm at like 10 hours or 12 maybe. So, like I said, I could have done uh, the game club uh, for Dece uh, in December <laughs> because I already had my opinion of FTL. Yeah. But before we descend into game club talk, we should talk about the games that we played this week. That, uh, that my list is FTL. No, my list is a bit longer than yours. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but that's okay. 
Uh, you can just go ahead and go first. And yeah, well, you well here's one the thing. of those together. Uh, you're, you're keeping up the whole thing of I play a game and then you play it. <laughs> well, I mean, you suggest you should play these games and we should talk about it. So it's also partly your fault. Yeah, sure, we'll go with that. I guess. My chair's broken, or I'd be spinning. <laughs> Easy there, Mount Fuhrer. Uh, besides, uh, do you have your uh, uh, nomination yet, uh, or has the president not uh, gone to you yet? <laughs> oh, let's try to avoid that this week. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, we talked about it well, at I did length mention, last uh, night. Some murder ball. I played a little bit of FTL this week. Or not, well, FTL as well, but uh, Rocket League. Sorry, <laughs> you I'm, did I'm, it too. I'm, I'm focused, you did it too. I'm so focused on FTL and wanting to get it out of the way as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I played a little bit of Rocket League. And like I said, uh, it tends to, to uh, divulge into Murder Ball for me. Just because I'm uh, rough with my opponents. Do you think that's a fair thing to say? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's definitely a fair thing to say. <laughs> and. Matches always get violent, uh, more violent with me around. Uh, well, I posted a GIF, uh, I guess it was a couple weeks now, uh, or what was it this past week, where I uh, uh, showed this uh, goal that I set up and just murdered the goalie as he uh, moved around uh, and got lined up to do the block and just completely blindsided him. Yeah. It, uh, it's things like that that just amuses me. And it's when I get the other team angry enough that they start gunning for me and stop playing the game. <laughs> you do have that effect on people. I've seen it firsthand. Yeah, you'll just uh, all of a sudden see me uh, get chain killed. <laughs> but that also opens up their goal for an easy score. So uh, yeah, I, I'm score. the sacrifice. You are the blood sacrifice. I, I'm, I'm not even sure what... Uh, uh, well traditional uh, soccer position I would be considered uh, maybe uh, attacking forward because I do uh, try to set up plays instead of taking them myself yeah I don't know I don't I don't know much about most sports and soccer is definitely towards the bottom of the list uh, just wondering is there a soccer position where you just murder the opposing team probably not uh, see soccer would be a lot more popular in the United States if there were I would definitely be interested if there were explosions when people were playing soccer. Created from what I've seen from, uh, online, there are a lot of theatrics in soccer. Uh, you know, probably my favorite one is a guy gets his ear flicked by the opponent and he uh, uh, just falls down to the ground clutching his ear like a, the guy tried to rip it off. I'd love to see Mike Tyson play soccer. <laughs> What would be the response to him biting someone's ear off? Uh, before or after he fucks them? Yes. <laughs> and. Easy there, Kyle. <laughs> hmm. I'm, but of course, I'm more imagining Mike Tyson's voice as he's doing call outs for plays. <laughs> yeah. Good thing Mike Tyson could never hear this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do enjoy watching you play Murder Ball. Speaking of Rocket League, I need to go turn 
the Rocket League soundtrack back on. This week's podcast brought to you by Rocket League soundtrack. And the pre-recording uh, or the pre-game was brought to you by uh, Doctor Horrible Sing Along Blog. <laughs> I like. Doc- I love that movie. Yeah, aren't they supposed to be doing another one? I don't know. It would be amazing if they did, though. Would you re- Would you want to see a direct sequel or a, another story along that line? Um, it's probably a sequel because I want it to contain the same three majors: uh, Neil Patrick Harris. And, well, uh, it's going to be a little tough w- uh, with three majors. <laughs> uh, not wanting to spoil and- things. What are you talking? What are you talking about? Oh, that's right, because she dies. Spoiler. So much for uh, not wanting to spoil things. That movie came out years ago. <laughs> like, didn't it come out in like 2008 or 2009? I, I don't know. I only watched it a couple years ago, so it's past the statute of limitations. It was a I, sled. Uh, I had a friend. Yeah, it turns out it that uh, uh, him becoming evil cost him a pretty penny. <laughs> It came out in 2008. All right. Well, so like the I said, statute of limitations I, I, is long gone for I, that movie. Yeah, I've only watched it a couple years ago, so. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved it. I had uh, a friend in college show it to me. He was like, you like Neil Patrick Harris, right? Yeah. You like Nathan Fillion, right? Yeah. You like Felicia Day, right? Yeah. Then, man, do I have a thing for you. <laughs> it's good. Good. And how many of those songs did you sing? (laughs) All of them. I love it. Bad horse, bad horse. (laughs) I'll definitely watch this tomorrow. I was going to say if we get done early enough tonight, but that's not happening. So I'll I'll watch it tomorrow. Yeah, and I may have also mind-fucked a couple of our our listeners uh, suggesting an anime to them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, have they replied in Discord? They have. Uh, yeah. Uh, they haven't really said very well, much well, about well, it. Well, Jim uh, called it very generic, except for the twist, which that's kind of the point. Yeah, that's the point of it. The rest of it is very not ge- Well, I don't think generic. I'm not sure. I don't think I've seen enough anime in that genre to yeah. know if it's generic or not. Well, the first part of it is very generic, and but that's the entire point is to lure you in. Yeah. I want to watch anime too. <laughs> I I told you we need to have like an anime night, uh, the two of us, so we have something to talk about because we, we have to put, sa- we have to save everything for the podcast of uh, game laws. We need to create another day of the week. <laughs> we do something every night, except Monday nights, and Monday nights are kind of my night to do with as I please, which usually is sit in front of the cat or sit on the the couch and just like stare at space. That's not true. I use I here lately. I've been playing Factorio on Monday nights for like the last three weeks. But so pretty much the same thing. Relatively, yeah. Just watching the the logistics block or bots block out the sky. <laughs> I took a few screenshots that Yo, I need ooh, to post pretty. on Twitter of just like lines and lines of logistics bots. Uh, I've got two games going right now. One of them with more aggressive aliens, and one with less aggressive, but. Well, I guess that's for me to talk about during Factoria. So yeah, I'll which we've that. gotten way off track from Rocket League. 
<laughs> yes, we have. But uh, to be honest, there's not a lot to talk about with Rocket League outside of I'm very violent in that game. And uh, yep. just is murder ball half the time. <laughs> but honestly, that it's become that's like my sub game is that, you know, I see how angry I could get the other team. Uh, game within I, a game. I, I just see uh, I see a goalie. And it's like goalie must kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I just All see right. uh, how many times I can blindside him until he gets too paranoid for me to kill anymore. <laughs> right. Well, then let's talk about the other game that you played this week. Yeah, which, which I also played. De- yours. I didn't do the Sunday sampler just because I was uh, too tired to record it, and honestly, I didn't really have any good games uh, that were recent and I right. uh, in my backlog uh, is more uh, long term projects that require several days of uh, gameplay to uh, really be able to do anything with right which I should start working on anyway but eh. uh, but I, we both played uh, the Four Honor beta and you liked it a lot more than I did I really really liked this game a well, lot. I, I th- well, I did a little digging after we played, and I yeah. think I found uh, why some of us were having connection issues. It does uh, peer-to-peer connections. Oh, it doesn't okay. have dedicated servers. So, if your connection's not at, at, above a certain grade of stability, you will get dropped often. So, there's the catch. It, uh, I mean, it's optimized beautifully, and it. Okay, I wasn't too wild for it, but uh, it does play all right. So I was looking for, you know, okay, this is a Ubisoft game. Something has to be shitty somewhere. Where is it? There you go. <laughs> yeah, the game is gorgeous. My, I mean, goodness. And to, to use the phrase, well-optimized PC port, alongside the term, this is a Ubisoft title, yeah, it's like, uh, it feels like hell's frozen ever, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Cats and dogs are are getting married, and uh, uh, it's, it's the end uh, of the world. Uh, pure pandemonium. Yeah. So it, but I mean, it, it really is. I mean, I had everything set to ultra. I was, I had it um, uh, super sampling to what is it? Super sampling to. I see. I was going too nuts with super sampling. Uh, I did. I can't I didn't remember see, if it super sampled uh, to 2K or 4K. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, well, I turned down the anti-aliasing, and I didn't really see any performance increases with it. No, I mean I had everything maxed. I mean I did that because I was going to do like a little bit of a, a stress test. I mean, like, okay, let's see, you know, where do I have to turn this to? Brand new game. I mean, I've got pretty decent hardware, but still, I'm not expecting to run modern titles like this at maximum. And I was like, good lord, it's. I mean, my CPU's not getting pushed over 50. I'm not getting frame drops below 60. My average frame rate yeah, was around the, 75 or 80. Yeah, the benchmark, uh, I was averaging in the 70s range overall. Yeah. Uh, uh, what were you doing on the benchmark? Uh, in the benchmark, I was around 65. Um, kind of average gameplay scenario, though. It was in the 70s. Because, you know, benchmarks are a little bit stressful. Yeah. So, um, yeah, which I was amazed I, I expect at how a benchmark well it to uh, be a yeah, worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have any crashing issues. The game didn't crash on me once. Uh, I only got dropped from one match, so I guess I got lucky with getting, you know, good hosts or maybe 
maybe I was the host. I've got a decent internet connection. Um, so, but anyways, I didn't experience a lot of the network problems that especially Ghost Shark had to yeah. deal with. That the second time we played, he got dropped like almost every game for an hour or yeah, so. Yeah, there he goes. Why he was getting dropped was you know peer to peer. Yeah, it's just terrible. There's no excuse to have it on PC. No, I mean I could. Okay, I can't understand it on consoles either because you're fucking paying for the online service. The the only games that I think that need to or that are okay using a peer to peer server is a game where that the tick rate and and lag don't really matter. Like if you're playing Civilization, peer to peer is fine. Everybody takes their turns. It's not like anything's going on real yeah, time. Yeah, but I'm consider- but I'm considering more an action packed game like for Well, yeah, Honor. no. This game is definitely an action game. For anybody who doesn't know, For Honor is a third person fighting but, game, let's but let's call it a third person uh fighting MOBA. That's a really apt description, yeah. Um there are a couple of modes that aren't MOBA. There's the dual mode, which there's a 2v2 it, and a 1v1 duel. Which that's essentially uh, your bog-standard fighting game, only uh, think of it as more of a chivalry or warband uh, fighting style where it's all directional-based. Right. Which I do um, like uh, the directional-based combat. It's just, it feels like there's a, a bit too many uh, abilities that just uh, negate that. Yeah, you know, having the uh, somebody throw down a smoke cloud and suddenly, uh, well, you can't even see if they're attacking, let alone what direction they're attacking. Well, those abilities can't be used in the dual mode. Those are only available when you play the four versus four. Yeah, I know. I know. Called Dominion it's mode or whatever. Uh, well, let's the just call mode. It the mode. Mode, mode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, well, that the main feels like a bullshit. Yeah, some of the skills or or abilities are a little frustrating, but. That, that and I kept uh, and I kept seeing like uh, every time I was get attack uh, attacked, it was always the camera decided uh, let's hover over your attacker's head so you can't see him coming. Yeah, I think coming up on somebody from behind, like unless they're actively panning the camera around, they, you're not. They're not. You know, whoever's coming up from behind is not going to get spotted. Also, it wasn't even always from behind. It was. Uh, the camera would pan over a little bit to give me a better uh, shot of the action. And, yo, know, uh, at the same moment somebody was coming up behind, uh, well, not even from behind me, but from, like, my left. Yeah. And it was, it was, uh, it's the same problem I actually have in Bad Max, is that they go for a more action-style camera where they're trying to focus on what's going on in the game and not give you the situational awareness that you need for other things. Like, well, in Mad Max uh, racing, for example. <laughs> See, I kind of had the opposite experience with that. I'm not sure if... Because I tweaked my camera settings a lot. I had the field of view uh, so max. Yeah, I, see, I, didn't, some other... I didn't tweak my camera settings nearly that much. So maybe that's the thing. Yeah, because there were some dynamic camera options that you could tweak and, and change. Like how often it zooms in or out. And things like that. And uh, I turned most of that off. Okay, I, I, didn't, I, liked... I didn't mess with that at all. So maybe that's my problem. But I liked the zoom in for executions, because um, I mean, when you're doing an execution, it doesn't really matter. Like you're locked into that animation until someone hits you or you finish it. Yeah, true. So you can't really do anything, anyways. But yeah, but uh, you know, having the camera be that first ring on default settings, uh, yeah, yeah. 
because I, I didn't like the default settings. I didn't like it zooming in. A- actually, whenever I would get that's into combat my, with more than that's probably my one problem. Then, uh, then was that I didn't uh, go in and tweak the settings, and I didn't realize that there were that many settings for the camera. Yeah, it's got a pretty. It had a pretty robust amount of camera settings, which I was was pleased with because I turned it kind of the opposite. Whenever I would get into combat with multiple people, my camera would step out another kind of zoom level so that I could see both people better or yeah. three, you know, however many people engaged. Yeah, and in it combat. wasn't doing that for me. So there you go. Yeah, it's very. What's the right word? The combat is very mechanically sound and very like. Visceral. Yeah. Uh, I would I would go with a pretty fluid because you are able to go uh, pretty easily between opponents. Now, granted, you don't want to go between opponents. You do want to keep it one-on-one if uh, all possible because if the moment it goes two-on-one, unless you're uh, doing the death kill or the death blow on someone, you, know, you are utterly fucked. Yeah, and there's multiple – there's basically three different – classes for each of the three factions and they play a little bit differently but for the most part you've got your kind of all-round person your you know your jack of all trades you've got a, a tanky character and you've got a glass cannon like berserker character and each of them plays very differently and the tanky character can do okay against two people if you're competent enough at it mm-hmm. but the the other two struggle, particularly the assassin slash berserker style damage dealer, because they have no health, little armor, and they get killed really quickly. The game can be very punishing too. Like, it's got there's several different uh, layers to the combat. Like blocking, there's different block ways to block attacks. Uh, certain characters, like for example, the the tanky guys all have shields, and so. They block pretty much everything and take very little damage as long as you're blocking from the right attack direction. Yeah. Uh, the assassin type berserker characters, though, they're more parry focused when it comes to their blocks. So you really have to time your blocks because they can't sit there and hold a block forever like the guy with the shield. So you have to time it just right. And if you get it perfect, you can actually do a counter attack. So there are different play styles, different levels to it. There's uh, exhaustion level. So if your character starts to get worn out, their attacks become slower and weaker. And if they if you run out of stamina, you can't block anymore and you can't sprint. So if that happens, you're pretty much screwed unless someone comes to your rescue or you just get really lucky. Um, certain characters can develop uh, sort of adrenaline or rage. They can kind of negate yes. that stamina effect. Haha. <laughs> uh, several of the characters have like um, a revenge mechanic. Like if you're with a teammate and your teammate gets killed, uh, a couple of the character classes can uh, get like a, an adrenaline rush and they do more damage for a short time and don't tire out because it's like, oh, you just killed my friend and now I'm pissed off and even more adrenaline is pumping. So it's nice. There's lots and lots of levels to combat. And you have to learn, like, is it time for me to attack? Is it time to defend? Or should I just run away? Yeah, and it seems like uh, the we got several people, well, at least when I was playing with you guys, that had been playing that game all day were already pretty good at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's got I think like to become basically proficient at the game, you can do that pretty easily. And then it, it's one of those games that's got a very high skill skill ceiling. Yeah, which I generally like. It's just 
uh, they didn't have enough people at our level, or at least when I was playing, that uh, the matchmaking was just, yeah, yeah, throwing us to the wolves. Yeah, and I don't understand if there's any sort of way that matchmaking balances, because each of the characters, you don't receive an overall level. Each of yeah. your characters yeah, has which, an own, uh, is their a own bit of a red level. flag for me. Yeah, this game definitely is, I don't know if they've confirmed or denied or whatever, but there's lots and lots of places where microtransactions yeah, can I was be about, Yeah, I was about game. to say, uh, yeah, well, uh, well, remember I was talking about, uh, uh, that exact thing when I was going through all the customizations, like, oh, I see so many places for microtransactions. Uh, I I hate being so cynical about this, but yeah, God, uh, kind of a reason to be uh, cynical these days with microtransactions, huh? Yeah, I'm actually doing a quick Google search to see if anything's been said about that. I, yeah, because yeah, I can't just, spell transactions. You have so many uh different customization options, and then you have. Uh, well, uh, cosmetic co- uh, customizations, and then you have the gear, which all have uh, different stats associated with them. Okay, so here's what they're doing. Uh, all, right. all, all DLC in terms of maps and game modes and characters will be free, uh, but they are going to have a microtransaction system to unlock those packs and to buy uh, cosmetics. Uh, buying the packs that give you gear, you can buy yeah, this directly. Well, yeah. that's pay to win then. If if they keep the sort of rate buy rate on the packs, what it is, it's it. I mean, it's not too hard to earn. the The top tier pack was five hundred gold or coins or whatever the in game currency is. Yeah, which not sure. Uh, well, I never. I, I, Did we win a match while I was playing? I know we lost several. I don't know. I know uh, we uh, losing was uh, about 30 gold. If you win, you get 100, over 100. All right. You, so you get like a base of 100 bad. plus a performance bonus. And if you lose, I think you only get your performance gold. Yeah, I was getting 30 to 40. If they had a little bit higher drop rate on the items naturally and kept the same gold and they don't modify the cost of anything... I mean, it still sucks. I'm not defending it, but that would make it at least acceptable because you could get packs and get a well, gear well, drop well, rate well, really well, quickly. Here's, the, here's my thing: is that even if you could get a pack every game or every two games, you're still able to just uh, drop in a bunch of money and get the packs. And these packs have power; they are stats. Well, yes, but you can only equip gear based on the level of your character. I mean, eventually, absolutely, you can just buy power, but if you get a bunch of packs with gear that you can't use because it's a higher level, then you—I mean—you've got it for the future, but you can't use it now. I don't know; it's complicated. Yeah, I, like and I said, also I'm not. Really, I mean, here, well, here's the thing: is uh, do they have different rarities of gear? Do they have like the uh, legendary uh, helmet that is just makes you a complete badass? I don't know. I didn't see any rarities of gear in the oh, beta, yeah, but yeah, again, but I beta. Got, yeah, and I only got to open up a few packs. You can level up gear though uh, by breaking down items that you're not using. You get yeah, which once again that starts to lean towards the uh, pay-to-win aspect because okay, you need to level up your gear. Well, I'll just buy twenty packs uh, to get all the gear components uh, that I need. Yeah, I do feel like, and I do feel like that this game though has a very heavy 
skill requirement. Like, yeah, yeah. This is one of the things that, like, you can have the best equipment, but if you can't block somebody, it doesn't matter. You know, or if you can't dodge, yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, the skill is definitely going to come down uh, a lot to if you win or lose, but uh, it's just... I'm tired of microtransactions in general in uh, AAA games like this. I'm right there with you. And to see it attached to something that actually gives you stats. So it comes down to if you and someone else are of a similar skill set or skill level, and the other person put in twenty, thirty, fifty dollars into this game and bought a bunch of packs and. Uh, it has his sword up to uh, uh, to uh, ludicrous levels. Uh, he could just uh, beat the ever living hell out of you, and there's really not a lot you could do because, well, you're on a similar skill level, but he has objectively better uh, stats because he put in money. And it's yeah. hard to argue that that's not pay to win. Yeah. No, I'm not trying to argue that it's not pay to win. Just, I, I mean, I, I think that. As with all things, I'm a little bit more lenient on stuff than you are, and that. Well, know. I'm also an older gamer, so uh, back in my day, we got games on fucking cartridges, and it was the entire damn game. Just picturing you like with your new cane and like pants <laughs> pulled up to your armpits. Back in my day, kids. No, but no, I totally get it. I'm sick and you tired just of want my long, hard black shaft. Yeah, I do. It's black, huh? I I can I can dig that. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm I'm with you. I'm sick and tired of AAA games having microtransactions. I, I'm okay with things being DLC and expansions as long as it's not stuff that and was I withheld could, from the game intentionally. Yeah, and I can but, kind of see uh, cosmetic stuff, but when it's uh, this that's attached to stats, that's over the line for me. That on top of peer to peer, they just they, well they've completely lost me. But I don't think that they ever really had me because I wasn't enthralled with the game. Yeah, for me, I liked the multiplayer, but I'm most interested in the single player content, and the beta did not include that. So yeah, and as far as a, a demo for like how well the game plays and work, you know, handles and things like that, I'm very pleased with the beta. Um, yeah, which there's going but, to be another beta the weekend before it goes live, or releases, I should say. Right, that's probably a final stress test. Yeah, and uh, but here's the thing, is that even for the single-player content, it requires a, a constant connection. Right. I mean, I understand how that would be bothersome, but that does not bother me. Like, I mean, I, I think that that's shitty, and it shouldn't exist, but in a world where that we're becoming more and more interconnected... Oh, oh, oh. It's not even the fact that you're always online. It's the I fact know, what that if they're they not are, online. are online. And the fact that we've had... Well, we'll use the term hacker group very, very loosely for a bunch of script kiddies. Uh, just DDoS <laughs> servers uh, to the ground. How many years in a row have we had either uh, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, or Steam get DDoSed on Christmas Day? It's been a few years now. I think it's been yeah, like the last three or four years in a row. Yeah, one, one of the big three. Usually it's on the console side of things, actually. Yeah. Which is just hilarious because, you know, once again, paid service. <laughs> yeah. But, um, it's the but, sa- but it's the same idea. If you know, some kid gets uh, 
banned because he was cheating or something and you know gets pissed off he buys time on a button and just deduces the servers and guess what you can't play your single player content yeah i mean that sucks i'll i'll agree and i mean i can't argue against that just you know in a world where things are becoming constantly more and more online integrated it's getting harder and harder or not that's the wrong way to say it it's becoming less and less important to me personally well well, it's also the fact that they can pull the servers and you lose access to your game totally for single player content if they don't patch out that uh, constant uh, online requirement for drm yeah and that's uh, another aspect of it Mm -hmm. i mean it all comes down to what matters most to you as a consumer yeah, and how much and, you trust you know, the company, and honestly, I don't trust Ubisoft. I mean, I don't trust Ubisoft as far as I can throw them, but I do trust the people who would create cracks for the game, so. Yeah, which, I don't, honestly, I'm not in the mind that you should have to crack your game in order to fucking play it if you bought it. Oh, no, I agree with you there as well, but I also, that's that doesn't bother me as much, again, because I think the difference in, you're a little bit older than me, so I'm very used to pretty much everything I own being more of like a digital license as opposed to a physical product. So in my mind, that's not a big deal, but I'm not going to say that it's not a big deal for everybody because obviously it is for some people. But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the single player reviews well, but I'm not sure if I'm going to buy For Honor, Halo Wars 2, or both at launch or wait for one of them. I don't know. I don't know, because um, if well, do you have anything else to say about For Honor before I segue uh, out of it? Not really. Uh, it's uh, basically two games that I or two genres that I don't either really have a lot of experience with or don't really care about uh, the boba and the fighting genre. Yeah. So uh, I was already kind of lukewarm on it, but I tried it anyway. Yeah, I mean, you know, free we- free weekend. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, which they're doing a free weekend for Rainbow Siege, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, and supposedly that has a really toxic community. <laughs> Probably does. Um, but so yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to go for For Honor or Halo Wars Two because they both come out mid February. I think For Honor comes out first uh, in two weeks, and then Halo Wars Two is in three weeks. But I played the Halo Wars Two Blitz beta over the weekend, so Blitz mode is um a halo version of clash royale all right that's what they've done with it uh it's it's got it's more complicated is the wrong word it's more in-depth uh much more strategic than clash uh, royale or that type of game because it's taking that idea from a mobile platform and putting it into a more serious game uh, and it's got a lot of stuff that I really like. It also has some stuff that I really hate. So if they just went with the whole idea of you've got your cards, you build a deck, and you get your energy to play them, and you know you, each faction gets different cards, that would be great. But of course, it has a leveling system where you have to level the cards, and it's also ripe for microtransactions. I don't know if they've said that it's going to have microtransactions or not, but I, I think the, the I, I think the default stance is. Probably. If, yeah. If it can have microtransactions these days, it's going to have microtransactions. I'm just going to search that really quickly. Honestly, I microtransactions would... <laughs> wrong again. 
honestly the only uh, Clash Royale style game that I've seen that hasn't had the leveling system though has been Minion Masters. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't. They don't say. I don't see anything because, in the first page of articles. So, and I'm not going to dig too much. Yeah, I mean, every it's become basically uh, a, a micro genre standard is that your units have this level up that each level up makes them uh, just better than the previous level. Yeah, but it's a fun game mode. Um, Halo Wars was not all that great at being a. I mean, it was a good RTS for a console, but it lacked in a lot of areas that make RTS really good, like building your base and setting up defenses and things like that. You know, the compromises it made to be a console RTS sacrificed a lot of the the enjoyment and strategy that comes from base building. And in Blitz mode, you don't worry about that. Your objective is basically to destroy the enemy's pre-built base uh, or capture all of the energy nodes on the map. And the, they start out all neutral, and you get a set rate of energy uh, to play your cards. And as you capture each node you get more energy so you can play cards faster. So eventually it kind of turns into a steamroll. But, I mean, you know, there's give and take and paths to defend and assault. And uh, everybody, each faction has, like, a super weapon card that they get unlocked whenever they're about to lose that they can use to try and turn the tide of battle. So it's got some neat mechanics. And it does something that you can't do on mobile, which is have uh, up to 4v4 blitz battles. Interesting. So... So that makes things a little bit more interesting. Like, okay, do we want to team up? Does everybody want to try and take on one guy or or whatever? Um, and, it, you know, just bigger, more units than you can have on, on mobile because uh, consoles are at least more powerful than mobile devices. They are? Um, and I, I played it on PC, too. I played it on both my Xbox and on PC because you could download it through the Windows Store because it's uh, Halo Wars 2 is a Play Anywhere title. So I checked it out on both, and... I mean, it obviously plays better on PC, but it plays surprisingly well on console as well. So, What's more surprising is that the Windows Store worked long enough for you to download that. <laughs> but I had a good time with it. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan, or I wasn't a big fan of the Halo Wars multiplayer. I'm not, I'm at best painfully average at RTS games. Uh, so I don't do very well online most of the time because I just get, murdered by anybody who's well, well, so, well here's the thing is that you're not korean that's very true i'm not korean i'm a, a a fat white guy fat white guys aren't very good historically at real-time strategy games but i mean i love halo i've said it a million times halo the halo universe is one of my favorite video game universes i loved the original halo wars for the story that it told and i'm pretty convinced that they'll tell a good story and based on the betas that I've played, the gameplay mechanics really haven't changed all that much. I've added some new units and new heroes and stuff, but I mean, it's Halo Wars 1 with a new shiny coat of paint. So I don't know if I'll get For Honor or Halo Wars first. Unless unless they just review, like, both of them terribly, in which case I skip both of them all together. I'll uh, honestly be shocked if uh, For Honor reviews terribly unless uh, the microtransactions are very egregious or there's some sort of problem that pops up in the release version because uh well let's just call a spade a spade on this uh, the beta was a demo for halo mm-hmm. wars oh yeah absolutely there, unless uh, there's some minor uh networking problem that behind the scenes which 
okay, there was a major networking problem with, you know, uh, Ghost Shark uh, constantly getting dropped. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there's no time to fix this without pushing back the game. Halo Wars had a real beta, though, in the summer, last summer, after E3. That, like, that was a true beta, because, you know, the game wasn't coming out yeah, until which, February. Which is kind of funny to have to uh, quantify that saying, well, they had a real beta, but also I'm starting to see people uh, get into betas for games. They complain about betas being buggy. Right. Right. And, I'm, I'm, just, and I'm just looking at you like, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> Halo Wars didn't have any major network problems. I mean, you know, I could have just not experienced them, but I haven't seen any reports and the stuff that I looked up of people having huge network issues with Halo Wars 2, so that's a plus, but I suspect that they have dedicated servers for that game, which would definitely help. Um, so, I, I enjoyed it, though. It, it's just, my dilemma is, well, which one should I get first? I'll probably wait until they both are out, since it's, you know, one week apart on their release dates, see how the reviews are doing, and get a more full idea of the whole content of the game. Yeah, and then because which one I'm uh, well, for owners, you're more interested in the single player anyway, so you need um, for people to formulate their opinions on that. Right, and Halo Wars, for me, it's mostly about the story, because I'm already okay with all the gameplay mechanics, so, you know, it. I guess Halo Wars would probably be first. Yeah, yeah it's, it's something about uh, Master Chef, right? <laughs> yeah, that Master Chef guy. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was his name? Gordon Ramsay or <laughs> Guy Fieri? Who knows? I, I might buy both of them. I might buy neither of them. Well, we'll see, see, this is uh, see that's my problem. It's not Alton Brown. <laughs> hmm. All right. Moving on to other games that I played. Yeah, completely uh, out of order from your list, by the way. What do what? Completely out of order from your list. Oh yeah, yeah. That's fine. Uh, the other game, one of the other games I played this week, Factorio. Yeah, we did shock. some, yeah, we did some multiplayer Factorio, uh, last night or Monday night, I guess, dear listener. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. I've actually never played much multiplayer Factorio a little bit, um, when I first got it because I was, <clears throat> excuse me, having some issues with things and, uh, Kyle who had played it for a while at the time, uh, helped me out learning a few things. Uh, and then I started a multiplayer game with someone else at one point because I had a multiplayer save from a few versions ago. So maybe three hours total multiplayer. Mm -hmm. And we played for, I think, four or five hours last night. We got pretty far up the tech tree. And we had a really good time. The, the multiplayer makes Factorio go so much faster. Yeah, I think that's you... my major problem with Factorio is that single player, it is very sluggish. Yeah, but with, Great, with multiple I people... played it in a version or two. Yeah, with multiple people, it goes extremely quickly. Because, like, Ghost was, um, like, amazed at me, like, starting, like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. He's like, I don't know what to do. And eventually, we were like, why don't you build, do research? Like, you focus on our research, and I'll focus on doing these things. And then whenever uh, Cube joined us, he was just kind of like following one of us around and just helping out with whatever we were doing. Uh, oh, he was a lost puppy. <laughs> well, not that bad. I mean, he did some things on his own and he helped. Uh, like whenever we would go through an interim, like, okay, we need to change this. And that means we're going to have to get rid of this or make this 
thing to just get us by for a little while. Oh, there's my coffee pot telling me that it's going off. But uh, Q would do that, and, and then he would go and help make things more efficient as well, where it's like, oh, we need some more iron production. He would go and plop down a couple more uh, forges so that we could get more iron or whatever. So, but it's, I mean, it's a lot of fun in multiplayer. We're going to start playing it more. I don't know if we'll do like a, a Wednesday or a Friday stream for it, maybe. But we're just going to keep playing with that same game regardless. And I mean, I know that you have it, so you can join in too. Yeah, I just haven't played it in a while. You could continue like your your uh, murder, murder fest. We're going to have to start killing aliens soon and getting purple science and clearing you out. You mean I could take a tank and just run over aliens? Yeah, take a tank, run over aliens, uh, get a flamethrower. Oh my gosh, the flamethrower is amazing now. The flamethrower was an okay weapon before, uh, and so I skipped over it for a while, but they've added flamethrower turrets now, and so I dropped a couple of those down to defend my single-player base and just watch them shoot out streams, because the flamethrower before would just kind of like shoot fire in front of you, and you're like, okay, this is a flamethrower. But now, if you've ever seen like any World War II documentaries where they use flamethrowers, yeah. it looks like that, and it works like that. So now flamethrowers are amazing. Uh, and also burning forests down is the easiest way to remove trees. <laughs> you can do that now. Used to, you couldn't do that. I mean, you could destroy a tree one at a time with fire, but now you can basically just shoot an arc of fire out and burn down a whole forest. There's even an achievement for burning trees to the ground. Uh, is it a reference to Smokey the Bear? I don't know. I got the achievement today or last night. Hang on, go look check. and see what it says. Yeah. Um, if it's not a reference to Smokey the Bear, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> Let's see. What are my achievements? Oh, no, it's just called Pyromaniac. Destroy 10,000 trees with fire. Yeah, I'm disappointed. But um, they've added achievement trackers to the game, too. I noticed that today uh, or yesterday when I was playing. Uh you can actually see your progress towards achievements, which I'm not too big of an achievement person. Occasionally I'll find a game that I'm like, oh, I want to get achievements. And Factory is definitely one of those games. Although some of them I will never get. Um, like there's one achievement for only building 111 items in, in your hands mm -hmm. uh, and using factories to build everything else. And that's basically a perfect game and then never building anything else in your hand ever again. And that would be difficult because I think in my single player game alone, my most recent single player game, I've probably built 10,000 items in my hand. It's just easy. It takes a long time. Uh, you don't get any factory bonuses, but it's like, well, everything else is going and I just need to get like this, these 10 things, I'll build them. And then you do that a thousand times over the course of a 40 hour game. And there you go. It's called Lazy Bastard. Win the game by crafting no more than 111 items manually. Wait, 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 wait. You don't want to get this achievement? I mean, it has your name all over it. It's called Lazy Bastard, but it would actually be a lot of hard work to make sure you don't craft more than 111 items in your own inventory. Logistics Network Embargo, I'd never get that one. Win the game without building any active provider or request your chests. <laughs> I run my game with logistics bots. Iron Throne produced 200,000 iron plates per hour. Man, I better get on that. Yeah. A lot of, uh, I want to get a lot of these achievements. You know, some of them I won't get, but I would like to get them. So, 
Uh, we you, coined, see, you secretly deep down want to get lazy bastard. I do want to get it, but it's so much work. I probably could do it on a peaceful game because then I could just like take my time because it really would one. It would slow you down because the initial factories are actually they have a, a penalty for building things. So it would be slower than crafting things in your hand uh, like the tier one factories. Uh, and you would have to like deliberately stop and think about it. At least I would. But I might go for it and just play on a peaceful map so that I don't have to worry about the aliens coming to eat me. Um, but so that's Factorio. I'll have to I'll ask on Twitter and see if everybody wants to play it for stream night either tomorrow or Friday. But I'll probably start playing that occasionally, at the very least, uh, in multiplayer with people. Uh, let's see. The other games that I played this week were games my games from last week. Your games from last week that you said I should play. So, well, I don't think I said you should play uh, the trail. At least I don't recall saying that. I said it was interesting. Yeah, Golf Clash. Neither of them are bad games. Golf. Well, I'll go. Golf oh, Clash. Oh, oh, I had an issue with Golf Clash that came up. It uh, kind of lost track of my uh, of the uh, junk Facebook that I made to uh, link to it, and then yeah. Facebook uh, re- realized uh, this looks like a false account. We're going to lock in and make you uh, send in a, a copy of your ID. Eh? Yeah. All right. Yeah, they wanted me to send in a photocopy of my uh, uh, identification, a government issued uh, ID. And it's fuck you. I wouldn't do that on principle. Even if they locked my my actual primary Facebook account, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give that to them. Yeah, I was. I was actually shocked. I was. I was thinking it was some sort of phishing thing at first. Yeah, because it's one of those things that you don't see people uh, asking for that. Yeah. Particularly, uh, yeah, Facebook, really? I mean, don't they already know all this shit anyway? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my biggest problem with Golf Clash, though, is that I found it extremely boring. Well, I for, love golf games. Well, well, the I, thing I love is, death, well, the thing but... is that I was playing in very, very short bursts. Once I built up my uh, number of chests, with the chests do take a long time to unlock. Yeah, you know, it was one or two uh, rounds per uh, day. Yeah. I played probably 15 or 20 games over the course of a few, like, two or three days. Um, and even then, you know, spread out throughout the day, you know, just like five minutes between a client session or when I had to go poop. And also, it really depends on the quality of opponent you get. See, I don't know. Maybe I should keep playing it some more to get to the higher level because I didn't lose a single game. Yeah, not uh, one. Yeah, yeah. I I went on like a ten or fifteen uh, game winning streak at the very beginning. Yeah, people. Uh, once like I, you said, they try and go for power shots, and then wind up shanking it into the trees. It's like, don't do that. Just don't yeah, do that. Uh, once you get out of the beginner tur- uh, uh, tour, uh, there's uh, different tours that you could get, and uh, as you build up uh, your trophies, uh, essentially your skill uh, items. Uh, you unlock further ones, and but it requires a bigger bet to get into. Right. Uh, the, I also dislike that betting mechanic. Yeah, yeah, it does get very old. I mean, granted, you uh, unless you're losing constantly, uh, the free chest and the chest that you do get uh, make up for it. Yeah. Uh, but um, on the second tour, I started getting people that were at least somewhat competent. 
And then the third tour, tour, I constantly got uh, challenged. Maybe I should go back to it and just give it some more time because I got. That's the reason. The main reason I got bored. I there was no challenge. I was yeah just because everybody was crushing. happy Gilmore. Yeah, which I don't understand. Uh, maybe I must think that they were bots or something because yeah, you know, there there's not that many people that's that stupid. Yeah, they were either happy Gilmore's or they were just bad. It's like, I mean, you know. I just don't understand. Like it's what, you just what were the, the thing what were back they doing? until it. They would well. I mean, the power. You know, people who would pull it way too far yeah, back. Yeah, pull, uh, and yeah, then the well, people. Well, we should probably explain that one. Uh, the, uh, you pull it back and uh, to uh, a certain point, and that's uh, where your shot uh, was uh, aimed for. But you pull it further back to overpower the shot to make it go further. Right, and, but it makes it more difficult. Yeah, to, and, the, and the further you pull it back till you hit like the maximum. Then it, uh, con- and then it's going, uh, the, uh, shot indicator is going wildly back and forth and you have to time it perfectly in order to even get a decent shot. Right. But the shot indicator tells you when the per, like the perfect pullback is to yeah. get, you know, a perfect shot and give you the easiest chance to hit it where you want it to go. And that's just a timing thing because it's got like a little arrow that swings back and forth and you have to get it as close to the center as, as you possibly can. So, yeah, which yeah. honestly, even just getting a great shot is usually uh, uh, more than enough. Yeah, but they were just one. They would hit everything too far, even if they weren't like going to try and shoot it for a power shot. Like instead of sh- uh, hitting a ball and letting it run up onto the green, they would shoot for the center of the green, and the ball would bounce off and roll off the back, or they just couldn't aim. I mean, I understand, like, not everybody is going to be able to get it dead center every time. Yeah. But just, I mean, they wouldn't even be close. And, you know, it shows the, the pictures of the Facebook accounts, and they're, like, grown people in these Facebook pages. Yeah, like, yeah, that's that, that was kind of what was getting me. It's like, okay, you're that old, and you'll understand the concept of the ball bounces. I yeah. Mean, granted, uh, that is one thing that kind of annoyed me is that, you had to upgrade your clubs in order to get a club that had any uh, uh, backspin on it, and even then, uh, even the short cl- or the uh, the lower end clubs, they didn't have that much backspin. So it was more just shortening your uh, your roll time than anything else. Yeah. So it was. I, I'll give it a. Sh- I'll I'll give it another shot this week and progress up farther in the leagues. That was, like I said, my biggest problem was I was just bored because I didn't have a challenge. It, you know. Yeah, the, uh, I, I think the second tour you'll uh, be more challenged, and the third tour is where I was starting to get really challenged to the point that I was down to about a fifty percent win ratio. Yeah, uh, okay. but I just well, well, what happened to me was that I linked it to a false Facebook account, and uh, my phone has a. Very sensitive on the touch screen on the edges, so yeah. I, I held my phone and it hit the uh, yeah watch an ad to get a few coins, and then it uh, hit the ad of and it was actually for a, basically a similar game that's archery instead, which actually looked interesting, but it crashed the game and uh, caused me to lose the link to the Facebook, and it wouldn't even load after that. I, and I actually uninstalled it, reinstalled it, and it didn't uh, change. It just would get partway through, ask me for a login, attempt to log in. I even tried to log in on another false account to see yeah. if it would link to something else, and it just refused to. 
which was disappointing because you know it was uh, at the point where it was uh, getting to be a real challenge for me. Yeah. Um. So the the other one, the trail. Yeah, I didn't think I said for you to play this. I, Laura talked about it being interesting. Yeah, the concept. I, I mean, I, I don't. Maybe uh, you're. Uh, maybe I said it. And, yeah. Here's the thing: is that these podcast recordings kind of turn into a blur after the fact. <laughs> yeah, I either you said I should check it out, or you described it, and I said, "Oh, that sounds interesting." Yeah, I think, a, I think it's. I think it's. You thought it sounded interesting and wanted to try it on your own. Yeah. So don't blame me on this one. I don't think that the trial is a bad game, especially for a mobile game, actually. Or sorry, the trail. I don't think the trail is a bad game, especially for a mobile game. It just wasn't for me. I will say that it's very generous with its model. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 the, the thing that drove me absolutely nuts with the trail was how they handled inventory management. And not even the fact that it's all physics based in your backpack and uh, you could uh, stack it up everything. It's the fact that there's no way that I found to rotate items. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, like, for, well, for example, sticks that's used for quite a number of, uh, early game, uh, tools and, uh, items all spawn in uh, vertically when you would think the best way to deal with them would have them horizontally and just, uh, put them in the bottom of your pack. But you can't do that. And you can't even kind of resort your pack unless you dump out everything. And then you have that random dick that's just standing there waiting to grab whatever uh, that was out of your pack. Well, uh, I fixed that problem. As long as you stay in the inventory mode, if stuff falls out, it just kind of pops back in and falls down into the bag. Yeah, which, so I would still, just, may, like, which still makes it a, a hell of a pain if you want to resort things. Yeah, but I would just take stuff and drag it around and push stuff out of the bag and then like cram it all in there. I didn't have too much of a problem. That wasn't actually as annoying as I... I mean, it was still kind of annoying, but not as annoying as I thought it sounded. I get the idea of this game, like, you know, you want to play a game that's very peaceful, relaxing, you know, maybe like you live in a city and you don't get to spend much time in nature, or you work in a cubicle. And Yeah, you, you look know, at a tree take, like some sort of exotic thing. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, you want to take a little bit of time and just like, you know, spend it in a very, I mean, the game's aesthetic is gorgeous. Yeah, it the is a very pretty is beautiful. game. It's incredibly pretty. Um, I just, I just don't care about that sort of thing. I just didn't like it. I didn't connect with it. It wasn't something that I was looking for. Um, I, I recognize the game as being, you know, pretty neat and very different from anything I've ever seen, period. Not just for a mobile game, but period. It just wasn't a game for me. Yeah, I do wonder if it would uh, uh, if it would change a lot once we got to the town and was able to start building our house. But the thing is, that, that's a hell of a commitment. It's a long run-up, if you pardon the turn of phrase. Is it only 14 miles away, or is it you get 14 uh, miles and then there's another... Uh, no, no, it's 14. I think it's only 14, but the thing is that I got to the point where I was down to, like, seven. And yeah. I, you know, and that was several hours in. Yeah, I only made it, like, four miles. Four or five miles, maybe. Which, I mean, that was still a decent were... commitment that I played the game. I was fascinated by it, but I'm like, I don't really enjoy this. I don't really like this. It's interesting, but I don't like it. And they and were offering, you know, uh, skip to town for 10 bucks. Which honestly seems like it's missing the entire point that of the game. That defeats the purpose of yeah. the game, I think. I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's genuinely a good game. It's just not for me. 
Yeah, which so. honestly, uh, it feels odd praising something that Peter Molyneux attached to, doesn't it? Yeah, although I have to say that I liked the entirety of the Fable series, even the ones that people didn't like. So I always gave him props for those. But honestly, never really played them. I played a little bit of one on PC when it eventually came out. But the thing is that they never released Fable 2, so I kind of lost my incentive to, you know, play through the trilogy because can't. Literally. Yeah. And that sucks because Fable 2 is probably the best in the trilogy. Um, it improved immensely on the original Fable. Uh, and then Fable 3 kind of took some of the best parts of Fable 2 away and replaced them with other things that turned out to be garbage. Uh, I mean, the, the original Fable is really good. I consider Fable 1 and Fable 3. Uh, to be on par with each other, which is heretical to most people. And Fable 2 is kind of the pinnacle of the series. But Do not Fable, blaspheme. Fable 1 is a better game mechanically than Fable 3, but Fable 3 still had a lot of the improvements that they made in Fable 2 carry over to it. So it's a, a more full game in terms of like realized concepts over Fable 1, which to me, you know, the, how I weight the scales, Fable 3 gets more points because I'm more about, you know, story and concept and experience versus mechanics. But, I mean, Fable 1 was still a great game. I've played it a bunch of times. And I love how that's not a game that we played in. It's not the Game Club game. <laughs> yeah. I more accurately guessed how long we would spend talking about games this week. Actually, I probably got it exactly right because we spent maybe five minutes bullshitting before we started talking about games. Yeah. So... Yeah, awesome. which means we're going to have to go over somewhere else now. No, no, no. Let's keep everything exactly in time, and we'll be good. <sighs> well, I'm actually, I think, I'm, I think you may be overestimating Game Club. Maybe, maybe. Well, let's find out. I originally put 45 minutes, but we do have two rather lengthy text letters that we're yeah, going to have true. to read for this, and perhaps a couple of talking points from those, so... Yeah, we'll do us okay. first, then the letters, and then we'll respond to the letters. And then we have the voting. Right, we do have that too. I kind of included that in my mind with the game club as well. I didn't put it down as a separate topic, um, which I can do if you'd like me to. Yeah, because I always separate that out to have the link. Okay. I, I won't put a time guesstimate on that. But in my mind, I rolled those two into the same amount of time. Anyways. Okay, so game club. Yep, faster than light. Um, I'm. I, I want to say this right off the bat. On paper, this is a game I would absolutely love, but and not quite as much. I, I still like the game, but it's <laughs> what I think. This is so funny. On paper, this is a game I should absolutely hate, <laughs> or at least mostly dislike, because it's. I mean, FTL is incredibly mechanical. There is some story element to it, absolutely. That's undeniable. Yeah, it, well, the story but... element's about... Uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, just your setup, and that's really it. Yeah. I mean, the little environmental things that you run into, the random encounters and stuff, that's a bit of it, too. You hey, know, giant spiders story... are no joke, man. Giants, <laughs> no, giant spiders are no joke. Um, but you do kind of build a story for yourself as you go through. Yeah, true. For in, just in case there's anybody who doesn't know what FTL is, uh, Faster Than Light is a roguelite, roguelike game. Roguelite. 
roguelite game where you are the captain of a spaceship uh, and your goal is to get to basically the end of the universe with a special message that the rebels are taking over and you know staging a coup they're you know, killing all the federation which is your faction you have to make it to the end of the galaxy warn your hierarchy or your higher ups stage a counterattack and destroy the rebel fleet or it's not even the rebel fleet you have to destroy the rebel flagship well the rebel flag i mean it feels like you're destroying the fleet though cuz to get to the flagship at the end you do have to fight your way back through uh that last sector and every jump, because it's been taken over by the Rebels, you have to fight them. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think my primary problem with this game is its difficulty curve. It's, it has a great difficulty curve up until the last sector with the boss fight. Yeah. yeah. And the boss fight feels more like a brick wall than a curve. <laughs> it's the, the difficulty cliff from the, the EVE Online example <laughs> of the or difficulty the, cliff. Uh, you mean the Dwarf Fortress? Yeah. Uh, but unless you have a very particular build, that fight is impossible for you. I, that's a fair thing to say. If you don't have, well, with the advanced edition or whatever they're calling it, uh, you, you do have a couple of extra paths, but it's, you really require either cloaking or hacking. Uh, the boarding party, maybe, but you require uh, at least one of those two. To be very high, uh, highly p- uh, built up. Otherwise, yeah. you're just going to get murdered by the missiles, which goes straight through shields. Mm-hmm. Which I tend to play heavy shield builds. And the first time I got to the enemy flagship, uh, I realized that all of those shields that I had were useless. <laughs> and I died very quickly. I didn't even beat the first stage of the fight Yeah, the first time that I got there. Yeah, I've never beat here. the game, actually. I've never beat uh, it. I've beat the I game always get killed times. by the flagship. You have played it for a lot longer than I have, though. Like yeah. we were saying earlier, you've played it for about 50 hours. I've played it for about 10 or 12. So you've di- you've just thrown more bodies at it than I have, I guess, and you figured out a strategy. Because I've never looked up a guide or anything for how to yeah, beat it. F- yeah, for me, it's it's pretty much has to be the cloaking device. And I uh, build it up to the maximum. And I hit the cloak just as the uh, missiles are launched. Uh, the uh, the cloaking uh, max level and the missile defense or, or the missile uh, barrage are slightly mistimed. The missile barrage is slightly quicker, but if you're able to kill the flagship quickly uh, quickly enough, you're able to uh, get past that. The thing is that they changed it in the advanced edition, where the power ups are just absolutely insane <laughs> on that boss fight. And I'm not sure if I've actually been the uh, advanced edition. I did not even get to the boss fight in the advanced edition. So oh, I, I played it. I, I could get to the boss fight pretty easily. I played it for about five, you know, five or six hours for this time just to get ready for game club because it had been a long time since I played. Yeah, I, and I'll, uh, I played I'll, for I only a, played a couple rounds be, uh, because yeah, I've played a lot of this and know my shit on it. <laughs> yeah, I played for a while on the standard and then for a while on the advanced edition just to compare the two. And every standard run, I would get to Sector 7 or Sector 8, which is the the final sector, to go fight the flagship. And in the Advanced Edition, the farthest I got was Sector 6. Um, so I don't know like if just my lack of experience with that, I was choosing the wrong builds, or if it did something to change the difficulty curve. But Well, the big thing for the Advanced Edition, if I recall correctly, is that it does add some more encounters. Uh, it 
adds a new race, the, uh, if I recall correctly as well, uh, the uh, guys that suck out all the oxygen, and I'm blanking on their name. Yeah, I didn't yeah. run into them. Yeah, I actually got a crew member of them. Uh, he, he was my favorite to go put out fires. <laughs> yeah, because then you don't have to open all the doors. The no, doors no, are no. definitely the MVP of. Uh, uh, no, I still opened up the doors. He survived. He survives without oxygen. So yeah, open up the oh, doors okay. and then uh, send a man. <laughs> just get a whole crew of those guys and just leave the doors open all the time. Actually, that's a, a strategy for their ship. That they, they do have a playable ship. Of course, if you get any other uh, race, you are kind of screwed because they are. are Usually stuck in one room. <laughs> yeah. The doors are definitely the MVP of this game, though. Yeah. You can solve more problems with the doors than anything else. It's like, got a fire? Just open the doors so that you vent all the oxygen out in the space. Got borders? Open the doors. Vent all the oxygen out in the space. Yeah, I love all doors to level 2 or level 3 and so that you can't get through them as quickly. Yeah. I would always put doors at level two and then station a, a crew member if I had an extra one in the door room because that would boost their level by one. Mm-hmm. They, nobody's getting through those doors. No fire, no crew, nothing. Um, did you have a specific setup that you usually ran, started with and tried to? Uh, you I, said you tried to get to cloaking by the end, but yeah, I I usually go between a few different ships. I do like the standard crystal. Uh, just, yeah. Uh, Going with that, uh, the uh, A variant, if I recall correctly, I didn't really care for the uh, uh, Lance. It's on the B variant. I, I think it's on the B variant. Uh, uh, there's just so much stuff that you know it gets muddled around in my mind, and I probably didn't play it as much as I should have for the game club. Yeah, uh, but I also had my opinions already, so uh, it felt like kind of a waste of time. <laughs> if that makes any sense? Yeah. No, I I got you. Uh, um, but usually I go uh, pretty heavily shields early on and build up my uh, defenses so I'm not just getting wrecked in the early rounds. Because that's where it, you lose a lot is that the first uh, few jumps could really set the tone of things. And I think that's also something that uh, kind of bugs me with the game as well is that the game is essentially a slugging match between two spaceships. You have really no way of doing uh any defensive maneuvers whatsoever. You're just sitting there. Yes, you can build up your uh, dodge rating by p- boosting up your your engines and having cloaking, which that's what the cloaking really is. It's just a huge boost to your evasion percentage. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, with, but, uh, there's no, but there's no uh, way to really do that otherwise. And so you're just sitting there hammering on one another and, you need to either have a fast enough weapon to be able to knock out their we- their weapons beforehand, have the uh, weapon pre-igniter augment, which uh, means that you come Freaking into battle. Expensive. Yeah, but you come into battle with your weapons primed and ready to go. So, yeah, you know, it's, uh, there's a good reason for it to be expensive. It, it, let's put it this way. It's expensive as hell, but it saves you so much money because you're able to come in. Uh, knock out their shields and knock out their weapons uh, pretty much instantly without taking a shot. Yeah. And that's really where it comes down at is if you're able to avoid taking damage and there's only a few ways of doing that. Uh, Otherwise, you're just saying they're hammering one another until one uh, ship goes down and it's usually their ship because you simply have more health than most of the others. Yeah. My my strategy was always just 
shields, particularly early on shields. Yeah, and it, then, yeah, it would uh, work up to about level two, level three shields. Uh, granted, it really depends on the ship because some of them are more based on disabling. Right. Um, but, you know, get at least level two shields, ASAP, and then maybe level three, depending on how my run was going and what other areas I was getting into. Yeah, well, level three, I would usually get by the third or fourth sector. It really depends on what weapons I get. If I got yeah. a good weapon that requires a lot of uh, power, like my last run, I got a pike beam fairly early. So I build up my weapons in order to be able to use the pike beam. Right. Which is just an absolutely <laughs> devastating weapon if you can get their shields down for a moment. I tried, I, I tried, um, I actually really liked using teleportation. So either teleportation weapons that would drop bombs directly inside the ship mm-hmm. or teleporting crew over. That was uh, actually a you, lot you would, of fun. You'd love the banished ships if you ever, uh, if you don't have them unlocked. Um, I do have the, the Mantis cruiser. Let's see, the ships that I have are the Kestrel cruiser, which is the default. The only one I don't have is the Crystal ship. I've got several I don't have. I don't mostly, have a Federation Mostly cruiser. because the Crystal ship, at least uh, up until the Advanced Edition, they actually changed it where you could eventually get it otherwise, is a huge, huge luck-based mission. Yeah, I had the, the Kestrel, the starting ship, the Ingi cruiser, which is the the one that starts droid-based. Um, I had the Mantis cruiser, the Slug cruiser, and the Rock cruiser, but I didn't have any of the rest of them. Yeah, well, I have all the ones except the Crystal uh, A variant, and I have most of the B variants. The NG uh, uh, B variant is actually really interesting. It's anti-personnel. Yeah. I actually so, really like the, the NG Cruiser. It, it's I like drones. At least I think um, I was running the NG Cruiser. I'm pretty sure I was. <laughs> yeah, I like drones, and I like the fact that it starts out being focused on disabling. Which I think is fun. Like, it's just a different way to play the game. Because um, you can disable a ship and kill the crew uh, without having to actually damage the ship. Which, if you're able to, quote-unquote, capture ships, you get a lot better rewards than destroying them. Yeah. And it takes a little extra time, but the fleet doesn't progress. Like, it only until, progresses until when you, you jump systems. Yeah. Right. So you can take your time on battles. Uh, the only problem with that is that if you wind up in a like in an asteroid field or next to a star where that you have to deal mm. with solar flares and stuff that can really drain away at you. But yeah, but if you have your shields uh, with a level or two, uh, you could uh, actually use the asteroid field to your advantage, which is interesting. Yeah. I, I would do that actually. Uh, level two shields uh, with, or, well, I think a level one shield, as long as you take out their weapons, a level one shield with a crew member, giving them the shield regeneration boost mm-hmm. can will keep you safe in an asteroid field. Otherwise, level two shields. And you just knock out their shields and let the asteroids destroy the ship. Yeah, well, the reason why I'm level two is that it leaves one level of shield for them to uh, hammer away on. Right. Granted, there is a little bit of randomness on the uh, how often the asteroids comes in, so I'll, you will see occasionally an asteroid to get past just one level of shield as well. Yeah. Or, you know, sometimes asteroids will miss as well. Um, and that could be detrimental to you if you're relying on them to destroy stuff but i mean that works really well with the ingi if you haven't done much to change the ship because their level one drone that it starts with is pretty weak even at the beginning it's pretty weak yeah so using that the environment to your advantage is is nice uh are you a clone bay or a med bay person 
Med Bay. I'm Clone Bay. I like... Well, let's put it this way, is that the level one Med Bay, the region on it is enough that it could uh, counteract suffocation. Right. So, if I'm getting boarded, I keep the cockpit door locked, the Med Bay's doors locked, and open up all the rest. Yeah. And um, once they uh, open up the bed bay, which is where they usually go anyway, uh, the air rushing out from there, the bed bay is able to keep my uh, team alive. Yeah, my I don't like to move my crew around. I I because I'm very much like okay, you do this and you do this and you stay in this room and you get all of that crew experience that you can. And so the clone bay really helps with that because if your crew dies, they just come back to life. And then you can hit the little button that sends them back to their saved positions, and you're good to go. Yeah, I imagine that uh, goes a lot better with random events. Yeah. Yeah, every time a, a crew dies from a random event, they will uh, come back in the clone bay. Which is really helpful, because it allows you to, to take a lot more chances. Yeah. Because, you know, if you've got, like, two or three crew, and you get, like, the spider event, for example. I'm not... Is there a positive out... Uh, I think there uh, is. Uh, a positive the thing outcome? is that... Uh, the different events have different weights on how likely you are to succeed. Right. So some of them, it is very rare for you to succeed. Right. But you can do things like that and, you know, hope for a, a good success or, or a positive outcome. Or, you know, whenever there's a ship that needs help or whatever and you do the little event. If crew get killed, they just regenerate back in your clone bay and you're fine. So, it, I mean, you can get, I got quite a few extra rewards doing that. Because you literally have nothing to lose. Yeah, I'm just looking to see what the spider event, uh, the uh, bonus for it is, or the success. Let's see. Um, it looks like you get a high amount of uh, scrap out of it. Okay. I don't think I've ever gotten that. But, I mean, it's okay. I mean, usually either the spiders kill someone or we just run away. That's what happens every time. One of those two things. Um, yeah, and also it looks like uh, if you lose a member uh, uh, with the clone bay, or clone bay installed uh, to the spider event, they have some skill loss as well. I did not realize that they had skill loss. but I'm not sure if the clone bay always does that or if it's just that one event. Um, it doesn't normally, because uh, when a crew dies, I mean, you know, you can see their skills. They don't go down. It's probably to counteract, you know, just, you know, there's no downside to ha having the club bay. Yeah, it, it might do that for other events as well. I honestly didn't notice because I was like, ah, I don't care. I'll do this. If they die, they'll respawn. Uh, how did you generally play? So I'm thinking like. I think Kyle says this, that the game has no morality system, even though the choices, you know, have kind of good, bad, whatever yeah. connotations attached to them. Uh, you mean uh, if I was a complete jackass or... Uh, yeah, what? yeah. How did you it, play it, through? I would say uh, gray area. It really depended on my current situation. Yeah. I mean, I guess I kind of did the same thing, but my thought was like strict survivalist. So, yeah, you know... I would do whatever had the best chance of giving me things that I needed to keep going. Yeah, I I was a little bit uh, better about it. But then again, 
a lot of the things uh, that I ended up getting was, you know, uh, fight a ship for some extra scrap that I could just overpower because at that point I had three level shields and I had a the breach bomb, I had a pike beam, I had a chain laser, which is just awesome, and a dual laser. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, chain laser, uh, that's something out of the advanced edition as well. It's I don't think I ever got the chain oh, laser. Oh, you'd love it. It starts off charging slowly, but it every shot it starts charging faster and faster until it hits its cap. Wow. Yeah, that would be handy. So that initial hit, uh, basically what I was doing was, uh, assuming I had plenty of missiles for it, because that's what the breach bomb uses, it's a teleportation uh, thing. I would uh, send a breach bomb into usually their shield room and then use the dual laser and the chain laser to send a volley uh, into the uh, shield room as well to completely drop their shields. And then the next volley with the dual lasers would usually go to their weapon room. Or drone bay, depending on you know, what they were having. Yeah. But I didn't really hit anyone that had a lot of uh, nasty drones. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I ran into very many drone ships. Usually, the the NPCs would have the defense drones to yeah. guard against missiles. Yeah, but uh, I was just teleporting. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, worst thing really- about that is running into a Zoltan ship because they have that super shield. Or did you run into them? Uh, I've had Zoltan crew, but I've never actually fought a Zoltan ship, I don't think. Okay, their uh, big thing is that they have what's a, uh, called a super shield. It's a secondary shield that goes over the uh, primary shield that has to be damaged, and you cannot, and it also absorbs missiles. It absorbs uh, things being teleported. You can't teleport past it until that uh, super shield's brought down, but it doesn't recharge. And the exalted ship, it uh, it recharges for every battle, so it's a lot more uh, tanky. Yeah, I like having a Zoltan crew because they self power the room that they're in. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah, they're a walking battery. But downside to them is, um, did you ever have one die? Uh, no. Um, I've they never had kind a of die. explode. Oh, fun. Yeah, the only times I've had Zoltan die is when my ship has been blown up, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, let's put it this way. I've had uh, them chain explode on me before. One would uh, die and uh, take down the next and take down the next. Not fun. (laughs) I'm looking at the different races on the wiki. I've had all of them as crew except for Crystal and the Lanius, which are the advanced guys, aliens. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got the Lanius uh, as a random event. I fought a bunch of them as random encounters, like get to a planet. Uh, I got to a sector that was under siege by them. And so everywhere I went, like every jump, there would be a planet or a space station or something. Okay. And it's like, the Lanius are attacking this place. What do you want to do? And I just, like, I fought them every time because it was worth tons of rewards. Okay, here's one for you. Do you think this game is more skill-based or luck-based? 
Hmm. I'm going to say that it it comes down more to how lucky you are than how uh, skilled you are to a certain degree. Yeah, once I you, think once you hit a certain uh, uh, plateau on skill, it comes down to just okay. Are you going to get di- uh, dicked over and lose your best couple of crew just to random events? Yeah, I would say that it's it's more luck based than skill based. I mean, obviously, a certain amount of skill can mitigate bad luck, and yeah, making but, good decisions can help. But yeah, but when I compare it to other roguelites. This is a lot more luck-based because you can overcome bad runs and something like Binding of Isaac with just pure skill. Right. Yeah, you don't get enough uh, strength ups, for example, or uh, uh, damage ups in Binding of Isaac. It's still essentially a bullet hell game or shoot 'em up game, depending on the boss encounter that you're doing. So you're still able to overcome it. It's just really speeding up the events. And this, there's no way to really speed up things. It's still that slugging match between your ship and theirs. And if you don't have the power, you are just going to be in these slugging matches a lot more and or a lot longer. And that's going to make it so that you're going to have to spend more of your scrap to repair your ship. And if you're having bad luck and not getting the scrap, it's game over. And there's really nothing you could do about it. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. What's the game that... It's been a few months, actually. You might not remember either. It's um, a sort of vehicle land-based version of FTL. Convoy. Convoy, Convoy is, I feel, um, a lot less luck-based. I mean, it's yeah, it's uh, yeah, it seemed. Uh, Grant, I haven't played it yet. It, I think it still does the same thing like FTL it does, yeah. where it has that impulse. Yeah, it does. The impulse is freaking tough. But yeah, I that's it. yeah, FTL kind of. Uh, pioneered the idea of having a uh, smooth uh, difficulty curve and then having this wall boss, which I, I absolutely loathe this uh, design decision. Yeah, Convoy, though, the difference, one the major difference between Convoy and FTL in terms of gameplay mechanics, and which is where I think FTL suffers, is that Convoy, I mean, you can receive a huge boost from a lucky event. But it's actually very difficult to completely lose based on bad luck. It has sort of... It, it seems like it's more active in its combat. You have a more active role. Yeah, it's a lot more active there. in its combat. You're, you're not just Uh-oh. sitting there waiting for the bars unless uh, you know, you're know you moving your crew around, which you weren't. And honestly, that seems like the best way to do it. You know, have a certain crew that's good at certain things and then maybe look in stores for skilled crew members. Uh, yeah, uh, especially repair. If you're avoiding enough damage, you're not going to have anyone that's really skilled in repair, and that's actually going to hurt you against the final boss. That, which is kind of ironic, isn't it? You know, you yes. uh, you do too well, and you're uh, penalized against the final boss because you don't have anyone that's skilled up in repair. Right. Well, the 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 point that I was going to make of convoy though, compared to FTL, is that convoy has got a much smoother, less urgent progression. I mean, the combat is more active in Convoy than it is in FTL, but Convoy has got a set story with goals you're trying to accomplish every time, whereas FTL, you're just like, all right, if I, you know, it's the I need to hit as many systems uh, as where possible, where but you, I got to keep moving in yeah, FTL. It's the, pla- it's the platformer thing where you're just trying to get to the end of the level, essentially. Right, and in Convoy, you can take your time, you can explore around, even if you do, like, even if you run out of fuel, 
with you know in FTL when you run out of fuel, game over. But uh, in actually, con- no, you uh, turn on the uh, distress beacon and hope. What you never ran out of fuel in FTL? No, I've ran out of fuel in FTL. I didn't turn on the distress beacon. There was- I turned. I turned on the distress beacon, and well, I have been able to uh, get someone to sell me fuel. Do you? Is that a manual thing or is it automatic? Because uh, in my runs, I've only run out of fuel once. You're given an option to turn on the dr- distress beacon. I did not receive the option to turn on the distress beacon. The one time I ran out of fuel, because either I get killed, or I mean, that's how it goes. I always get killed, it, except for once I ran out of fuel. But it didn't give me an option to turn on uh, the the. Uh, I think it's on beacon. the same uh, window that says uh, wait. It, uh, it, it, yeah, it's on the map, actually. It's uh, the distress oh. beacon's on the map. Oh, I didn't go back to the map. I was just seeing my ship. Like, I got a thing that it was like, oh, we ran out of fuel. I guess we're screwed. And, you know, paraphrasing. But I was like, well, I, I guess we're screwed. I guess I'll start over. I did not know you could turn on the distress beacon. Yeah, you could turn on the distress beacon and... Uh, well, it says emergency beacon on the map, and uh, you wait, and the uh, re- uh, rebel fleet advances one step. I got you. And I think it's pretty much guaranteed that you could get a uh, fuel ship to show up after a couple uh, rounds. Right. Well, convoy does the same thing, but you also can specifically request help from your crashed ship. Because, uh, like, convoy, your ship crashes, and you're trying to get parts to repair it so you can get off the planet. And you can request that your crew comes to help you, and you can do that once, and then after that it's random. But I mean, it's really, really, really hard to lose in convoy um, to bad luck. I mean, it can happen, but it's rare. Normally, when you lose in convoy, it's because you screwed up and got yourself killed in combat. Yeah. Which I like. I don't like feeling like you know I get a bad roll and that's it. Yeah, that's, you know, that's uh, I'm not and that's gambling. how it feels in uh, FTL. Green, yeah. uh, well, I should say that uh, I don't like games that it's down to luck and just that's it. You don't have anything to try to modify that or try to uh, mitigate your risks. It, it's it's uh, like Blood Bowl, for example. All of it for Blood Bowl is rolling dice. It is very luck-based. But it also comes down to how you built your team, uh, your skills. And also the order of operations. How what roles are you taking first? Because right. if you're taking the less uh, dangerous ones, then uh, you have a greater chance of succeeding to complete your turn. But you also uh, have your reroll. You usually have at least one or two uh, for a half. So it's even down to that. It's you have to be very unlucky to just completely miss out on a turn. Right. And uh, FTL, there's none of those mechanics. It's just, oh, here's an event that, uh, well, <laughs> the FTL subreddit actually has uh, people that's lost on the first jump to a random event that took out their one crew member. I mean, yeah. that should tell you that, you know, pretty much everything's on the table at all times. I've never lost on the first turn, but I have lost before I've made it out of the first sector. Because of the same sort of thing. Just like you go somewhere and it's like, oh, well, there's a crew member dead. Oh, there's another crew member dead. Oh, look at that. Another crew member dead. Oh, wait. You're out of crew That's members. That's it. I'm out of crew. How unfortunate. You lose. Yeah. 
Do you think FTL would have done better? Uh, which, uh, we're ragging on FTL quite a bit, aren't we? Yeah, we are. I, I should say that I do like the game overall. It's just I have problems with it. Do you think FTL would have done better with, uh, instead of having the random events, have it have a storyteller where it tries to uh, tell a particular story up to a certain point? Something like, well, the uh, storyteller aspect really comes from Left for Dead, but uh, I've been uh, doing a lot of RimWorld, and it tries to make it so that you always have a certain a number of colonists. It always tries to make sure that uh, your food level doesn't dip too low because you got dicked over by events. It tries to balance things out, at least to some degree, so it comes down to more your skill. Do you think FTL should have had something like that? I would like that to be an option in FTL. Like... The lower difficulties have uh, enables the storyteller or makes the storyteller more uh, generous? Yeah. That would be nice. That would definitely be nice because, you know, like you said, it would be a nice balancing mechanic that would help help you learn your way through the game and unlock some of the other ships. Yeah, like in RimWorld, uh, if you're down to one or two colonists, uh, your your events become weighted so that colonists uh, events that give you colonists uh, become more likely, uh, and even merchants are more likely to have slaves. So you could just buy colonists that way. Yeah, it's a. I think it's a really good bouncing mechanic that FTL could have really benefited from. Yeah, that would be nice. Actually, I didn't even think about having a bouncing mechanic. Um, overall. I mean, do you like FTL? I do like FTL. I think I would have liked it better with uh, some changes, particularly the final boss. Just have it where it's not a complete cliff. Yeah. I mean, even the final uh, sector, it is it is tough, but it's doable, usually. Yeah. Usually, if you could get there, unless you're doing a complete uh, uh, stealth run with the uh, stealth cruiser then you should be able to have uh, a success in the final uh, area, except for the final boss itself. Yeah. Yeah, also, for me, overall, I like the game. Um, where it's not typically the type of game that I would like. I'm not the biggest fan of roguelites because of the randomness and stuff like that, but I do like FTL, and I think for me, a lot of it's the theme. Like, I love spaceships and space stuff, so and goes that goes pew. a long way for me. Yeah, it goes pew pew. Pew pew. So, yeah, overall, I like FTL. And is FTL the first, like, really mechanics-based game that we've had? It is, right? Uh, kind of, but in a, in a way, not really as well. Because we've had MechWarrior, and that was very mechanics-based. Papers, Please, that was also very mechanics-based. Yeah, good point, good point. Well, FTL is definitely my favorite one of the mechanics-based games so far. Um... So I will offer you a choice. We can read the text letters right now, or I can record myself reading them and edit it in later. Uh, well, is there anything that you really want to talk about from the text letters? Mm, not really. We covered all the points that I was going to talk about. Like I was thinking about them as we were talking, and so I brought them up. Yeah, let's give you some more work then. Okay, I'll do because, it tomorrow. Because uh, a lot of this is uh, what we've already talked about. 
And uh, okay. I, I think pretty much everybody disagrees with uh, having that in boss. Yeah. But I'll okay. Mean, uh, just a quick, uh, the opening line from Chemist's uh, letter. Uh, greetings, everyone. Chemist here. FTL is a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. I will record myself doing that tomorrow, and then they will all be edited in right now. Uh, and I'll be brief about it. I love FTL. It's not a game that I can spend a whole lot of time playing because it does kind of get rep- you know repetitive. And there are times when I have gotten so close to beating the game altogether and things just go horribly wrong last minute and I rage quit for a while and don't pick it up for a good six months or so. But I've played it off and on for about four years now. Uh, last weekend was the very first time ever that I have ever defeated, uh, well, I'm guessing there's spoilers by now, um, defeated the final mothership. Uh, it was a crazy, epic fight, and I, for a while, I thought it was up until the boss fight, I figured I wasn't going to make it. Um, all the way through, like, zones four through seven, I almost died several times, because, so I was running the NG cruiser, uh, full of an NG crew, minus one human. I think it has Zoltan, if I remember right. Uh, and it was the third variant, which starts you off with pretty much just all ion weapons and drones. Well, I slowly morphed the weaponry into some pretty heavy hitting stuff, along with the hacking module. And, uh, my problem running, I was running into was the, uh, my damage output could meet, uh, the amount of regening that the ships could do, enemy ships could do. So for several zones, I ended up, the only way I could fight was store up all the shots that I could possibly get, um, send the hacker to the shield hacked the shield, and as it lost a whole a point or two, blast it with everything I had to get rid of the shields. And that would even take a couple volleys before I could finally start hitting other pieces. All the while, I'm getting hammered with my one shield because I was upgrading everything else. Uh, so yeah, up until like zone 8 is when I finally was able to reinforce everything and come up with a fairly decent crew. Uh, it wasn't pretty by the time I got to the mothership. Uh, the clone bay got overloaded with, well, I had a couple guys in the queue when a missile attack blew up the clone bay, and uh, there was four borders, four enemy borders, right in that little area that I couldn't get to. I couldn't couldn't repair the clone bay in time, so. I lost the two people in the queue. Uh, two more people died while the fight was going on. But in the end, uh, interestingly enough, I managed to kill everybody from the mothership because they sent two whole crews over. And they're all right in the middle. Uh, funny thing, if you have the... I can't remember the name of the alien, but the one that sucks all the air, all the air out of the room. If you have him fighting the borders, 
along with venting all of the uh, air out of the ship, except for the few rooms that my air breathers are actually at. Yeah, it does a really good job of taking out the whole boarding crew. Uh, after that, it was pretty cakewalk trying to finish it, but like I said, with as many guys as I lost, I was pretty worried that I wasn't going to make it, but in the end, it was victorious, so... There, there's my fire uh, FTL story. Uh, I give it. Uh, what's one of what's what kind of a scale can I use? Um, for uh, we're gonna go with uh, eight and a half out of ten jump drives, just because of the fact that it's not something that will keep me engaged for hours and hours on end, but it is fun when I do play it. Um, and it can get slightly repetitive sometimes, but it is a fun little story and probably one that I will eventually take to and maybe do a recording or two of, uh, and shoot, now I'm unprepared. Uh, I'll send a tweet about this later on, um, once I figure out the name of it, but anybody's interested, there is a funny little series on YouTube about a group of guys that they basically played through an entire FTL story, uh, you know, from start to finish, and they chronicled their entire adventure and made it into a cartoon. So all of the weird little happenings in the cartoon are scripted from the little uh, happenings that go on in the game, you know, the random encounters of ships that show up and hail you with some kind of a, you know, one-liner or whatever. It's just out of the game. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun little story. Interesting one to listen to. And I'm starting to walk along the main road that has vehicles running around it, and I'm not anywhere close to home yet, and I still have to do my other recording. So I'm going to finish this up and call it a day, and I will listen to the podcast later, and uh, we'll see what happens. Anyway. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Greetings, gents. You guys were saying that you did not get enough text letters, so I decided to remedy the situation. It was implied on Twitter that I may have the best words, so I'm sending out to prove this and perhaps illuminate my thoughts on this week's Game Club game, FTL. That having been said, let's fucking do English done good, bruh. So FTL is a fantastic example of emergent gameplay through the means of having minimal scripted narrative while still leaving the player to experience their own personal journey. The loose story arc is that the player is bequeathed with a message of imminent rebellion against the federal space government. The wrinkle is that, for some mysterious reason, this missive can't be transmitted more expeditiously than having the player act as a carrier. Through the course of each playthrough, the player starts with a ship, crew, a few armaments. From these humble beginnings, the player must navigate from FTL Beacon to FTL Beacon and outrun the approaching rebel armada. By doing so, the player is presented with opportunities at each FTL Beacon, such as diplomatic, aggressive... Fuck. Some diplomatic, some aggressive. Immediately, the point that I find to be praiseworthy is that there's no morality system in the game. Helping someone out, ignoring the plight of citizens living under the government that you represent, and overly belligerent tactics are all tools in the player's vocabulary. Ultimately, the game is about progress towards the end goal of warning the imminent advance of the rebel fleet. From this lack of moral dichotomy, the player is free to pursue their own story within the more overarching narrative of informing high command of the rebel threat. Given that this is a game intended to be played multiple times, 
through and exploring all of the different branches of story as expected. Not pushing the player or not punishing the player for pragmatism, benevolence, or maliciousness is a stroke of inspired genius on the part of the designers. That having been said, the main storyline is never lost, so pressing this antagonistic mass of metal and men, and aliens and lasers and missiles and drones that lingering, lingering too long in a sector or beacon could result in the player's vessel being overtaken by the rebels. While fleeing is always an option, careful resource management can help to alleviate most of the strategic risk. For example, running out of fuel can allow the rebels to converge on your position and jeopardize the mission. Often the player is left to make difficult tactical and strategic choices in the face of informational uncertainty. In doing so, this is one of the best games that I've experienced that presents the burden of leadership so bluntly. In order to finish the mission, a player must balance ammunition, weapons, upgrades, currency, and fuel. Ignoring even one aspect of the tactical and strategic gameplay can and often does lead to disaster to the point of needing to restart the game from the beginning. As far as in-game controls are concerned, the game is split between a point-and-click interface for the story elements and navigation, which have no time limit associated with them, and frantic cell-based combat. The combat can be best described as a real-time-slash-turn-based system. All combat events happen in real-time, but the player is free to pause the action at any time in order to make decisions and target the cells on either the enemy ship or their own. By merging the tactical thoughtfulness of turn-based gameplay and the panic rush of real-time gameplay, the player should never feel overwhelmed nor completely in control of the situation. This balance between chaos and control is critical, as I believe it leads to the game's overall feel of immersion. Immersive is perhaps the best way to describe FTL. I am of the opinion that this is what sets it apart from other roguelites I have played, gotten bored with, and probably forgotten about. The fact that each playthrough is genuinely a new experience is what makes the core game so strong. The addition of a new race and some new mechanics helped out the game in FTL Advanced Edition. However, ultimately, it's still the same base experience. It's not a bad thing. The base experience is fantastic and long-lasting, so just adding more of it was the right move. A final note, and this is yet to be adequately explained to me, I'm not sure how big the Rebel Fleet is. That might sound like a petty gripe, and it is, but my point is that the Rebels are advancing at an alarming pace. If they are believably conquering world after world, system after system, remember, the game takes place basically in real time, minus tactical use of the spacebar, and the Rebellion is basically overthrowing an entire galactic government in 40 to 60 minutes. Mind, they are an armada, and they would need to win every battle and conquer every place they pass in order to keep advancing. Even assuming that the entire armada moves through each sector in totality, they would be unable to maintain a sizable advancing force while still holding the captured territory, which raises the question, how fucking big is this fleet? I understand that this is an incredibly minor and tangential point to be fixated on, but it is the sort of thing that when somebody points it out, it tends to occupy at least a minor space in your consciousness while you're experiencing FTL. Grandiose musings aside, FTL is a good game and worthy of a solid recommendation. Seriously, though, that end boss can go get fucked. From the desk of the best wordsmith, Captain Kyle J. Bartosik. Greetings, everybody. Kim is here again. FTL is a cunt. Let's just get that out of the way. Now, this might be because of decades of sci-fi shows, but there's something really satisfying about redirecting power between systems. I'm always disappointed when I have more power than needed. Once humanity starts conquering the stars and space battles will become a reality. I better hope so no one over-engineers their reactor. That's just boring. It may also be why manual transmission cars are still more popular in Europe. It just feels better to have more control over your vehicle. So the first couple of runs went just as expected. I rarely got to the second sector, often getting murderized after the first jump, overrun by Mantis, or suffocating after a barrage of breach missiles skewered my oxygen supply. 
Grumpy, I settled for easy mode, and even though it is definitely more doable, I still struggle at the final boss. That may have been because I misremembered plenty of minute details, such as the fact that beam weapons are useless before you drop the shields, or how you shouldn't fire weapons as soon as they're charged, but prepare synchronized barrages instead, or how opening all doors after a breach to equalize oxygen levels while they're already open will vent your whole ship, or how the game intentionally abuses your expectations of... Last nine times I went after giant spiders, it didn't go so well, so there must be a crazy good rare outcome this time. I spent some time on the wiki reading about various technical specs to find different combos. I figured out that temporarily disabling the shields with missiles and lasers, or ion, then carefully aiming a beam weapon through four to six rooms, is absurdly good. To the point where I get lucky and find a weapon pre-igniter, I can just put everything on auto-fire and go make tea or a sandwich. Sure, that couple of minutes later they'll be dead with me barely taking a hit. This worked all the way to Sector 7, with occasional close calls when I come back to find my O2 supply has taken a hit. Well, if I can take out most ships before they can even charge their weapons, that means the flagship is going to be a breeze. Not exactly. Despite its bulk, the flagship is impressive, has an impressive dodge rate, so most of my initial barrage sh shot wide, and whatever didn't was picked up by Mark II defense drones. If I somehow got lucky and got to the second stage, the onslaught of lasers, beam, and boarding drones meant I was down before I could even knock off one whole point of the flagship. That got me thinking. If most, of my, if most of my issues were caused by drones, why don't I just use them myself? Previously, I didn't even bother most of the time because drones used up resources, were much weaker than their stationary weapon counterparts, and you couldn't even aim them. The only one I found useful was the defense drone, which reliably stopped missiles that ignored shields, but as my last run, I picked the Ingi ship, unlocked a couple of years back by me somehow lucking out on the flagship, and got to work. Interestingly, I found having to manage drones much more enjoyable than expected. I've previously stated that there's something strangely appealing about distributing power between systems. Having to choose which drone to send was another layer of complexity on top of that. For the most part, I've sent defense drones out to protect me from missiles and asteroid fields, or beam drones if I need a little bit more firepower, otherwise saving the drone parts for later. Around the halfway mark, after completing my crew roster with a couple of Zoltans, Mantis, and Rock, I come across a store with the crew teleporter, and it suddenly hit me. The flagship's weapons rooms were completely isolated from the rest of the ship, so sending anyone somewhat com competent in combat will slowly but surely permanently disable said weapons with near 100% reliability. Running Ingi ships also gave me the hacking drone for isolating arbitrary rooms and clone bay, so I didn't really have to worry about ever getting my crew back. Worst case, I regrew them in the vat. Look at the man you made me become, game. So I get to the flagship fight once more, and I'm shocked my strategy actually works. One party takes down the most dangerous missile launcher, the other puts the lasers back to rest. With only ion and beams, the flagship has next to no means of dealing damage to me. Just to be on the safe side, I destroy the beam and finish the ship with an assault on the bridge to negate their dodging ability. Then chain missile their shields, giving me an easy win. Second stage was not that much more difficult, though boarding drones and mind control certainly gave me some trouble. Luckily, for whatever reason, they decided to hack my sensors, so I didn't even have to bother dealing with that. It was laughable seeing how every power surge sent out six attack drones only for me to hack them for the entirety of the event. Going into stage three, I knew I was in trouble. The whole strategy of using teleporter all the time was not going to work against Zoltan shield interference, so I did the only reasonable, I did the only thing reasonable after realizing I should probably change my plan. I committed to it 100%. I equipped a bunch of beam weapons and drones, which couldn't do much against regular shields, but were very good at disabling Zoltan shields. So nothing really changed, except that I had no usable weapons for the majority of the fight, having learned from my previous mistakes. I was no longer sending out my crew in pairs, spreading them out instead, so that if one of them got mind-controlled, they didn't inhibit the rest of the team. I also lucked out by having my boarding drone hit the mind-control room, so this was not a concern for much longer. Hacking drone to the shields, sabotage most of the defense systems, and suddenly their hull's going down. 
I was, in fact, so good that I received a pop-up saying that the enemy crew is dead and that an AI has taken over, which was, in fact, bad news, since AI-controlled ships slowly repair all systems regardless of their reachability, in this case, the much-dreaded missile cannon. It all came down to the wire, both of us with neither dodge nor defense capabilities, down to just a few hull points, missiles pixels away, shields useless. I told you this is going to be my last run, and I kept my promise. You might have seen me ranting on Twitter saying I'm done with FTL, and this is indeed the truth. I do not plan to take it up again for at least a couple of weeks, and when I do, I have a brand new Federation ship to take for a spin. Kimis, signing off. Alright, uh, the, is the vote ending now, or were you going to read the tweets? Uh, well, we do have tweets, uh, uh, since they do uh, reflect uh, FTL as well. Okay, go ahead and toss those in there. All right, uh, we're going to split up the tweets and do the FTL-related ones uh, just to uh, kind of, uh, uh, well, split things up. Because, yeah, we had a, a, most of the tweets actually were FTL-related, which uh, it's interesting to see uh, FTL be this uh, talkative. Let's see, uh, Chemist, fuck you, FTL. Perfect run up to the last mission. <laughs> uh, got all my oxygen uh, drained in seconds by a hacking drone in uh, several breaches. Groove, just hold your breath. Easy as pie. <laughs> <laughs> Camus, I evacuated everyone aloft to the bed bay, uh, which at first level heals as uh, fast as you suffocate, but then they got missiled. Groove, ouch. That's bad luck, man. God, massive butter, bummer, dude. Camus, tomorrow I'm trying again. This time, I'm upping the difficulty to normal and uh, getting drunk beforehand. Camus, <laughs> day two. FTL is still a cunt. <laughs> uh, gave up on normal difficulty, got to, uh, got to membership, and uh, still killed me easily. Send more alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Chemist, day three. I'm done with this game. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and that's all the tweets for FTL. I, just uh, seeing the progression of Chemist and... Uh, the opening to his letter. I don't think he liked the game. Uh, uh, did he get that? Uh, did he say that the letter? Did he like it or not? Uh, no, Chemist likes it. Um, but I think I got the impression that it was kind of um love hate a love hate thing. Like he really enjoys the challenge and and likes the mechanical aspect of it, but gets frustrated by sort of the random aspect and how just it, brutally difficult it can be. Yeah. The random aspect, and there, there's nothing that you could do about it. Yeah. Well, well, we didn't even mention that the stores could absolutely dick you over as well. Oh yeah, yeah. They you could, could never sell you. Scores. Yeah, they could never Store. sell you some uh, uh, needed items. I've had runs where I've never saw the cloaking device. Yeah, I've had plenty of runs where I get to a store and it's like you have nothing that would help me at all. The best thing. you could do is just repair the ship and go on. Yep. Um, okay. Well, then, are you ready to move on to the votening? Yes. Uh, and this has been a good votening. <laughs> uh, well, first, well, well, before the full votening, we have to do uh, what the game is for next month. Right. And it, this came down to the wire. I'm going to pull up the the list right now. Yeah, we we didn't. We usually have a fairly clear winner uh, about halfway through the voting. This time, uh, you know, it was still uh, within striking distance, 
even as we started to record it, which it was just exciting. I was expecting this to be a blowout, personally. What about you? Uh, I figured it would be pretty close between Life is Strange and one of the other two. I just wasn't sure which one. Yeah. So, let's uh, go down the list. Uh, third place, Kadwa Sojo at seven votes. Uh, Life is Strange at nine votes, which brings us to our winner. If My Heart Had Wings at 11. Ooh. Which, uh, which that and Life is Strange was tied several times. Or was yeah. within one vote of one another. And Life is Strange started out ahead. Yeah. But If My Heart Had Wings... Comeback kid for the victory. We're going to spend a long time in, in this visual <laughs> novel, though. I'm really happy, though. I mean, I, you know, I said I wanted If My Heart Had Wings to win, and then I would be, like, most happy with Life is Strange as the other winner. But even if Katawa Shoujo had won, I'd have been very happy with that, too. Like, all yeah. of these games are interesting to me. So, honestly, anything's a win. So, next for February, we'll be playing If My Heart Had Wings. Yeah, and we'll be getting that uh, content restoration pack up and running. Absolutely. So, time for our new voting. Correct, Amuno. And this is going to uh, be another uh, fun one. Yeah, so we decided to keep going with the themes. At least uh, for now. Yeah, because the themes help guide our decision. Uh, and we're, we went with a pretty broad theme this time. Uh, strategy games. Yeah, so, which, and we I think kind we of kind of both, uh, I think we both kind of cheated on this. <laughs> Did we? Because I felt like my or my choice was a kind of pushing the boundaries of what uh, the uh, theme is. My choice is cities skylines. Why do you think that's pushing the boundaries? Well, I mean, city builder well, games well, are was, all about strategy and well, planning. I was thinking uh, strategy more as in a warfare game. Ah, uh, see, you're thinking inside the box. Yeah, well, uh, yours is uh, closer to that than mine is. Yeah, mine is Factorio. Um, and then uh, we're both in the box for the shared pick, Valkyria, Valkyria Chronicles. Chronicles. Which, uh, Valkyria Chronicles is also an interesting choice, because it also has a companion anime that, from what I could tell, I haven't watched it yet, follows uh, the main plot of the game, so... If you don't want to play the game, but want to get the plot in, you could watch a 26-episode uh, anime and uh, be up to date on it. And uh, that should get you through the, on Game Club. And I think if we pick this, uh, well, I should, I should say if the community picks Valkyrie Chronicles, I think we should watch the anime as well. Oh, I was going to. I mean, I'm probably going to finish Valkyrie Chronicles in the next month anyways, regardless of whether or not it wins Game Club, just because I'm like halfway through it already. So, yeah, but, I mean, well, I'm going to focus about it. Yeah, I'm going to focus on uh, getting through if my heart had wings because that's a fairly decent sized novel. That's true. That's true. And I'll also, I well probably want to go through more than one branch. Yeah. So, uh, how should we uh, divvy up uh, that, or, or should we just uh, pl- uh, play blinded from one another and see if we get di- diverging paths? We should play completely blind from one another and just see how it goes. Because I mean, so, there will be some commonalities we can discuss anyways. Yeah. Um, and then we will we can talk about where our storylines went uh, in different directions. 
and I'm going to try and play it and get it all done the week before our recording so that in case we need to talk about anything before and go back and check anything out, I have enough time to do so. I mean, probably... I'm planning on playing this over the course of uh, uh, the month. Well, I mean, I'm going to spread it out across like two or three weeks, but I would like to have it done with enough time where I could go back and do something if I need to. I mean, we'll see. This is probably going to be the only game outside of mobile games that I play this month. (laughs) And, you know, stuff that we're not doing on stream. Yeah. Just because it is a really big game. But, I mean, I'm still, I'm looking forward to it, so. Yeah, but, uh, well, I think we should talk about our uh, individual picks uh, a little bit more. City Skylines is uh, my pick, mostly because I've never put enough time into it that I really wanted to. And... It, but from what I've played, it's essentially what I wanted the 2013 version of SimCity to be. But there's also how it diverges from the SimCity model, where a lot of it is more how you build the traffic system and the public transit instead of how you build the city itself. Which is interesting. That And also, a lot of our uh, people have this game. Yeah. Um... I picked Factorio because... You're fucking obsessed with this game right now? <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit, but I mean... You know, I was trying to think for, for one pick. One, one of my picks, kind of, the, I figured we would pick the, the one together would be a very traditional, like, some sort of RTS or grand strategy game, something like that. And I mean, Valkyria Chronicles is turn-based strategy. So I wanted to pick something that was a little bit outside the box. Well, and there's a uh, to ton be honest, of strategy. Chronicles isn't exactly your bog standard uh, strategy game to begin with. No, that's true. But, uh, you know, Factorio, there's a lot of strategy and planning that goes into it, particularly if you're going to turn the level of uh, aliens up so that there's more of them, so that they're a more constant threat that you're having to plan around. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I've played the game a ton, I tend to play with the aliens just kind of set to normal and tweak the difficulty more based on how many resources are present at the beginning um so it would be fun to like test out some of the other strategy elements of the game like dealing with a more constant alien threat or things like that and so i thought that would be an interesting challenge for myself and open up a new aspect of the game i hadn't played before so that's why i went for factorio as my choice that and you're fucking obsessed i am really obsessed with factorio i love it Uh, my current play count for it is 163.9 hours. Yeah, and mine is nowhere near that. Yeah, it's mine like, is I think 10 or 15. 15. Yeah. Is any of that idle time? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, yeah, none of mine is idle time either. But I have none of the achievements. I haven't played since they uh, put them in. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I picked Factoria. I don't know if it'll win. I don't. I don't even know if I want it to win. I don't know. It's weird. Like I'd like to. I'd like it to win and like play it purposefully within a different direction. But thinking about yeah, that makes also, me feel like I just want to go do that right now. Yeah, but also, you know, two other good picks. Yeah, there are two other very good picks on there. My experience with City Skyline is very minimal because the first time I bought it, uh, it didn't work. Yeah, well, issues with my system. And well, that's the second also, time I bought it, I barely played it. Yeah, that's also another reason why I picked it is that you hardly played it. <laughs> Which I get is another reason I thought about Factorio too. I was like, I know you have it, but you haven't played it very much, so I'll make you play it. Oh boy! If it wins. 
Okay, uh, well, that is the voting. The vote will go up when you put it, post it, right after uh, we record, right? Yeah, Wednesday is at noon. So yeah. it'll, it'll be live by the time uh, even our cheeky little monkey could uh, hear it. Yep. So there you go. Unless he's piecing together the uh, raw audio tracks. <laughs> if he is, then, you know, uh, we need to talk because I think you're going a little too far. <laughs> All right. Well, I was pretty close to the time it was going to take us to do both of those in my head. A little bit short, but not much. That's okay, though. The The recorded stuff will make up that time difference the, when I record the audio letters. I think Ghost is like six or seven minutes long of FTL stuff. The other yeah. portion will show up in Community Corner. Yeah, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yep, but for now, it's time to take a bathroom break and a drinks refill break. Because right, I've drained my me. coffee and my water again. And we're back, yes? Uh, yeah, I think so. Awesome. Is, is this our right floor? Uh, I think so. I guess we'll find out. Well, um, let's see, uh, well, let's get out of the elevator anyway. I farted in it. <laughs> it took us 50 episodes ish to make a a joke about the elevator music a (laughs) fart joke nonetheless well done well done okay well let's move on to our first news topic to be fair i didn't even know that you were doing the elevator music for quite a while because i don't listen to the show because i'm on it it's very true um Anyways, our first new top news topic of this week, the division gets microtransactions, which you might think, well, who cares? It's a Ubisoft AAA title, but they specifically said when the game launched that there would never be microtransactions. Uh, everything would either be able to be obtained directly through the game using in-game currency or as part of major DLC packs, which you could purchase from Steam or Uplay or whatever. But they have added microtransactions. And they specifically state that there are certain things you can't get unless you buy the premium currency. And there's no way to earn the premium currency. You have to buy it. Yeah, this is just a huge dick move. uh, Here's the the thing. Here's the thing. Is that where's the repercussions are going to be for this? Because let's be perfectly honest. Unless it's a rare case like Payday 2... People are just going to roll over and take it up until the point that people you know, actively fight back and uh, complain. There's yeah, it's going to happen time and time and time again. Yeah. What are before I ask this question or make this statement? I need to go check the division's player numbers, at least according to uh, the Steam. divisions were, uh, was way up for quite a while. All right. So according to to Steam uh, or Steam, what is it? Steam Spy? Uh, Steam chart is the one Steam I charts. use. There's 5,300 active players, and today's peak was 8,400. And obviously that wouldn't include people who have purchased the game through uh, Uplay, and it doesn't inco- include console numbers. But Yeah, well, what's really interesting is whenever you look at the six-month number, because uh, I believe believe that's uh, yeah, the tail end of the launch kind of just dip then you can see the peaks for each of their major patches. Yeah. 
With, so, uh, with a absolutely huge one, um, in early dis or early to mid December, which was the survival patch where they essentially put in a battle royale version, but of the game, but you can see it's tailed off as well. Right. So the question that I have is that if or when these games get microtransactions, is it better for them to start that way or be like this? I'm, I'm excluding what they said for a minute. They said no microtransactions, and that's shitty. But let's just pretend honestly, they didn't say that for this argument. Honestly, I think, think it's better, better to be completely upfront because this feels like a dick move. That you know, they they lull people in, saying, "Well, yeah, well," ignoring the fact that they said that there would be no tr- microtransactions. But you'd go in, uh, not see any microtransactions, and think, "Great, a game that they're not going to completely ream me over." And then this happens, right? In, I mean, in the case where they said there wouldn't be microtransactions and now they are, I think that's bullshit and that people should call them out for it and complain. Uh, Ghost, maybe you can tell us about that next week uh, on the show because I know that you have The Division and you quite like it and none of the rest of us have it. Um, yeah, I played during the free weekend and uh, found that uh, one of the sections of the game uh, just doesn't like uh, AMD CPUs and that's just... It's not even uh, me... Uh, exclusively having that problem that's uh, found multiple people saying the same thing yeah i think personally though back to the question that i asked i think i like it what they have done uh you know excluding the fact that they said that they wouldn't if they hadn't said anything about it and they're like oh hey we want to continue to monetize the game we're done releasing all of our major content patches uh we're going to add microtransactions to the game for special cosmetic items or whatever I don't think I have I think a problem it, well, with it that. Also, it also really depends on what they're doing with the money, because that's the thing. If it's funding further development of smaller uh, patches, then I have less of a problem with it. If they're using it to support their esports scene, like Rocket League is, I have less of a problem with it. But if it's just, you know, uh, they're as a money generator and they're not really doing anything special with it. I have less of, uh, yeah, I have, well, I have more of a problem with it than uh, otherwise. Yeah, well, I would assume that they would use money for microtransactions to keep the servers running and stuff like that um, and fund other projects, but yeah. I, you know, I don't, the way that I feel about this is, you know, again, excluding the fact that they said that they wouldn't. I don't know why, but I feel like I have to keep saying that. Um, uh, because you know, it's because it's actually rare for a developer to come out and say there won't be microtransactions. Yeah, they'll say it, uh, they'll be like Titanfall, where they'll say that all the maps will be free. Yeah, uh, that seems to be a trend that's uh, gaining popularity, which I fully support because selling map packs is utter bullshit. Yeah, I haven't hasn't they or haven't they finished releasing all of their major. Expansions I'm actually that they not sure about. on this. Last Stand is the last one, the title of the last one. Survival was the one that came out a couple of months ago. Do you think the problem lies in that they actually uh, made this promise in the first place and they should have never done that? I think that's a problem. I think that's the biggest problem. Because if they had just said, oh, we're going to add microtransactions, we're done with development of the game, microtransactions are going to be for cosmetics, and we're going to use it to keep the servers online... And potentially and small patches. Yeah, I don't think anybody would care. They'd be like, "Oh, that's great!" You know, the people who 
have come and gone in the game are obviously gone and the people who are still around might want to you know buy some things and fund future development of the game but they were like nah we're not going to do that and then they did it like that made it a big deal because they absolutely lied and regardless of whether that decision was made a long time ago or spur of the moment or management changed or whatever like regardless as a company they said unequivocally there will be no microtransactions and now they're there yeah and that's also where we're having a problem with this is that you're not dealing with the individual here you're not uh uh you know having well let's uh bring out the glue bottle we're not dealing with sean murray lying we're talking about a company and a company can have management changes behind the scene that we don't know about uh, matter of fact, that's exactly what happened to Payday 2, is that their publisher pushed the idea of having crates. And they were forced into it through their contracts, uh, breaking the promise that they made originally. Right. And I could see still, you know, I could understand their situation, but at the same time, you gave your word. You know, and I think if there was a little more transparency too, like, I mean, this could just be them saying, nah, we're going to do microtransactions, nobody will care. Yeah, true. But if there was a little more transparency, like what you just said, like, look, we just had some contract changes, management changes, a buyout, whatever. Uh, and yeah, they're we're forcing us to, to fight put microtransactions. Hostile pr- uh, takeover. <laughs> yeah. You know, but companies don't do transparency for the most part. Which that's, uh, that's really the realm of the indie scene still. Yeah. So there's you know there's nothing that could even buy even a small amount of consumer goodwill. And you know there are people out there who, regardless, would be like, no, you said it's not going to. So if there is, I'm gonna boycott your game or say that it's shit or whatever. But you know, transparency and honesty goes a long way with buying consumer goodwill. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's two things that you really don't see in AAA gaming all that much. It's, nope. uh, it's a lot of hype and bullshit. Yep. So. But, well, here's the rub, though. Hype and bullshit sells copies of games. That's true. Even games that are not very good. Transparency and honesty could actually hurt you, even if your game is decent. Because you say something that uh, is happening behind the scenes and maybe you're working on this uh, feature of the game or something and you know you're talking about it and that it may or may not be there but uh, people are used to hearing all the hype so they're saying uh, they're hearing you say well this might be in the game but to them they're hearing you say this will be in the game so if you take this feature out this hypothetical feature it may piss off some people, even though you're trying to be transparent. It's just yeah. because people aren't used to the transparency. They don't know just how chaotic game development can be. Right. Well, I mean, there's a, a certain level of transparency. You know, I'm not necessarily saying that all game well, devs well, should well, tell us everything all the time. But Well, I was giving that as an example, you know, like a major feature. Right. You know, uh, Pick uh, anything that's missing from No Man's Sky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have a hell of a list there. But a lot of that is you know, large enough to be able to say, uh, you talk about it in the development phase if you're being even remotely transparent. Yeah. 
But the uh, difference between No Man's Sky and being actually transparent and having, you know, just fueling hype is that they actually talked about removing it instead of uh, Sean Murray lying through his fucking teeth the entire time. <laughs> yeah. You know, no Man's Sky is a good example of just, you know, uh, uh, half transparency and half bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor No Man's Sky. Well, would you rather us uh, uh, pick on our other whipping boys some more? Uh, uh, get a Volve out? Battle Stillborn? It's been a while since we've made fun of them. Maybe later. We'll see what comes around in our discussion. Well, I'm pretty but sure I, they actually have less players in uh, Main Sky now just because the uh, the base building uh, update just um, did wonders for their numbers. Yeah. And now you're looking No Man's Sky player numbers. I am, up, I am doing that right now. <laughs> I can hear you. Uh, 406 players right now, 719 today. For No Man's Sky? Yeah, for No Man's Sky. Well, it's a lot lower than I thought it would be. Uh, the, the base building uh, helped their numbers for quite a while. Yeah, they I got get, a really big boost for a few weeks, and then it you know, died off again. I guess people realized, wow, there's still nothing here. Evolve Stage 2, 165 active players, 422 today's peak. Still more than I thought they had. <laughs> and Battleborn, there we go. One word, not two. Battleborn, wow, 225 active players, 375 today's peak. Still less than No Man's Sky. <laughs> yep. I guess we're right. going to have to pick on Devolve and step Battle Steelborn some. <laughs> yeah. What? Just a little bit. Battle Steelborn. Well, can you call it anything else? Uh, not that's funny that I can think of. Okay, let's move on to our next news topic. Uh, well, up the list well, I can't again. call Evolve Intelligent Design because of how they tried to do DLC. <laughs> Evolve should have been free from the start. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's move on to our next section of the podcast, Community Corner. Uh, we have got half of audio the letter. other half of Ghost's <laughs> audio letter to play. So we'll have that, and then we'll be right back. All right. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, if I sound out of breath, it's because I am. Uh, just got done running, and uh, I might need to be spending a little more time than usual working on the homework tonight, so I may not have time to record anything. So I'm going to knock it out now, just after my run, before my normal walking recording. Uh, I'll try to make it quick. So, here goes. Uh, especially since it's been a few weeks, I uh, probably would have a lot to say if I actually had notes for this, but I'm just going to go off of memory. And I just hit the wrong button on my headset. Okay, anyway, let's see. Uh... Let's start off with, um, let's go with the last week's episode. 
uh, about are we too hard on AAA games. And uh, my opinion on that is kind of yes, but uh, it's no surprise to most of you who have heard me talk about it before, but I tend to put more of the blame on issues with uh, the suits of the major corporations, you know, EA, Ubisoft, uh, Bethesda, stuff like that. The people that are setting the timelines and, you know, things have to be done by this point because that's what uh, marketing says and, you know, our board of directors and blah, 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 yada, yada. Business stuff. Stuff I'm not fond of. But, uh, are the execs solely at fault? No, not really. There, There is some to the designers and the uh, creative types. There's a little bit, there's some fault to go to them. Uh, yeah. Kind of going from my personal experience, the more people involved in a project, the longer it tends to take. Uh, because all the hands doing things that uh, someone may not know what the other's doing and working over each other or screaming much, screaming up other people's stuff, things like that. So, uh, when you get these big, several hundred people big companies trying to crank out, you know, huge sweeping, well, I can't even say that anymore because as a, as a single player, uh, uh, gamer of games like Call of Duty and Battlefield and all them, I, I've, I'm done buying those platforms because I don't play the multiplayer and try and go for the four-time prestige, you know, four-star general stuff or whatever. I don't know. <clears throat> I, I play for the single player, and when a campaign's done in about 10 hours, and I just paid 60 bucks for a game, I only sunk 10 bucks in, or, you know, 10 hours into. I mean, yeah, I'll play a little bit on uh, multiplayer, but not enough to justify higher price tags like that before I get bored and do something else. Anyway, I'm rambling. Um, bottom line for the AAAs, I, I think that, yeah... We need to have some higher expectations for them to put out some decent stuff, but I see the reasons why things go to crap occasionally. Uh, not fully justified. I'm not. I'm not excusing the big, you know, the big devs. Because I mean, heck, you brought up Stardew Valley. Look at what kind of a game that is. And yeah, it is a niche market, but the guy put out a very stable game on release that had just the right amount of features that people liked and enjoyed. I have yet to hear any really glaringly negative reviews about it. So, anyway, that's my wrap on that subject. Uh, you guys have been talking lately about music, and that's kind of one of my loves, uh, one of my hobbies that I like getting to. I have quite the eclectic taste of music. Everything from... Classic swing, big band, uh, old flapper music all the way up through. Um, there's a certain time when I'm not too fond of stuff. 
Some of it's kind of growing on me a little bit, you know, classic rock, things like that. And even a little bit of hip-hop, R&B, uh, basically old 80s, 90s hip-hop rap, where things actually made sense instead of just screaming about how much of a badass you are type thing. You know, they, they pretty much said the same thing, but they were more articulate about it. Uh, modern day rock, alternative type stuff. Uh, a little bit of everything. The reason I bring it up is I've decided that one of the first few games that I start recording for YouTube is going to be a game called Karma Code. I've talked to a couple of people about it, so some of you might know about it, but it is essentially a rock opera, a uh, third-person puzzle platformer, where uh, all the main characters... In fact, all the characters are voiced by uh, and sung by uh, some big names in the metal industry. Uh, mainly gothic metal, like European heavy metal. But uh, it's a pretty interesting. It's very, well, just like it says, it's very operatic. You know, flowing music, flowing lyrics. It's not necessarily lyrical or, you know, rhythmic as modern, you know, music is, but it's a long, flowing, one line after another ballad. Pretty cool stuff. We'll see how well it goes, and we'll see whether or not I get uh, copyright infringements on it, but uh, I might have to look into that, actually, now that I think about it, just to make sure. I have seen playthroughs on YouTube already of it, so I'm guessing that it's okay. But anyway, that's uh, it's one of the games I'm looking at running. Uh, another one I'm planning on doing, and again, I've mentioned it to some people, is a little game called Escape Velocity Nova. And that is probably... Uh, that is probably the oldest, sort of... No, I can't say it's the oldest game in my collection. I do have some games that are older, but... Uh, it is one of my earliest memories of gaming back when I was gaming on the Mac in high school. Uh, the Escape Velocity series was a, at the time, a Mac-only game. It was a 2D top-down space combat game. Uh, think of, like, uh, Elite Dangerous or Freelancer uh, in a 2D setting that you could actually land on planets and uh, go around and just simply trade or, you know, do convoys and stuff like that, do commodities exchange. Or you could uh, take the skies and be a pirate or uh, naval officer and hunt down near duels. It was really good, really good little game. Simple graphics. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, there's a Taco Bell coming back up on my run. Ah, oh, never mind. Um, uh, yeah, it's simple graphics, but it's uh, they had an engaging story to it. The main campaign, though, actually, there's six main campaigns. The storyline is all text-based, so it would be a lot of reading, but. Uh, Pretty well written, at least as far as I remember. 
I toyed around with it recently and didn't get too far into the story. But I do remember that it was, uh, or from what I had been reading, it was, it kind of holds up to the nostalgia. So, I don't know. That's another one. Uh, I'm looking at probably doing a third series. Just, and this is going to be kind of like, I would love to be able to put out at least three videos a week. But with school and work and everything, it might be a little difficult while I keep up with all my other stuff I watch and listen to. I'm probably going to be starting to wean some of those things off. But anyway, uh, not you guys. How could I How could I give up VGL podcast? Anyway, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, the my, my third series. Uh, I would explain a little bit about it, but uh, my time is almost up, and that is a story for another day. And if anybody knows anything about uh, internet lore, specifically the storyteller, anybody knows who the storyteller is, would probably get a pretty good guess of what my third game is probably going to be. But uh, I think I'm just going to go ahead and wrap it up with that for now. It's been several minutes. Where am I at here? Ten minutes, I think. My phone just blew up on me. Here we go. Yeah, a little over ten minutes. All right. I'm going to call it because I just remembered I still have to record something for FTL. All right. Thank you, GoShark, for sending in an audio letter. Um, you said in the email that we might need to clean it up I, a little bit. Yeah, you did a little trimming. The, you did give with the editing. I just have to trim out a few bits, but don't worry about it. It's fine. That's my job. That's what I do. Thanks for, for sending in. It's nice to have more people sending in. We need some more brave souls. Uh, some of our new listeners that have tweeted at us or have talked to me on Steam, I, I would love to hear from you guys. I'm not going to call out anybody yet, but maybe in a few weeks I'll start calling people out. That might not go so well, though. We might lose subscribers for that. <laughs> it's a tough choice. Uh, anyways, where do we where do we want to start on this? Oh, well, he kind of went back and forth on his opening uh answer to are we too hard on video on triple a games because he said yes and then he kind of backpedaled on that didn't he yeah a little bit um i think he talked himself out of his argument which is interesting <laughs> i mean you know you can argue rationalize or argue well, yourself down that's fine well, well the thing is uh, i could see his point he's uh talking it's not the devs it's the publishers but when we're talking about a AAA game, they're one and the same. Uh, they're so intermingled. Most of the time they are, yeah. Actually, are there any modern day games that, you know, AAA games that the developer and the publisher aren't the same? Well, you could always go, uh, you know, like the AAA Independent, which is like Valve or Blizzard. Yeah. Yeah. And then... I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, I can't think of any AAA studio because I mean, well, all well, the AAA well, studios well, even, have been gobbled up, or you know, they have become uh, or, their or own the or, or, or the AA studios. The, yeah, uh, EA is uh, uh, the devourer of worlds. <laughs> it seems the devourer of developer souls. Yeah, and then it just spits out the empty husk when it's done. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, well, uh, well, I was going to say, uh, even Valve, we can't even call them completely independent because they have had stuff uh, published by EA, but it's usually their physical copies of games. Yeah. Well, I mean, Valve doesn't really develop games anymore. No, Valve uh, uh, just rolls around in marketplace money. Not They've that got fuck you them. money. Does Valve have any active projects right now? Not that we know, but the thing is that Valve is very secretive about their projects. Yeah, they they uh, most of their focus has been mostly on development of Diablo. Not Diablo. That would be Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of well, uh, Blizzard for uh, it's uh, finishing up development on Diablo three, and of course Hearthstone and. Uh, uh, Heroes of the Storm, I had to think for a moment on that. And, of course, Overwatch, which has been their big cash cow. Uh, Valve has uh, uh, Dota 2. They're continuing development on uh, um, Counter-Strike Go. Still a little bit of development on this side of uh, Team Fortress 2, but not much, not as nearly as much as it used to be. Well, TF2 used to have multiple huge updates a year, but now you know, they'll get maybe one a year. Valve really the last year or two has been focusing on hardware development. Yeah. Because Valve was behind the HTC Vive and mm-hmm. obviously the Steam Controller and the Steam Link. And for a while they were working on the, the Steam, Steam machines. And I mean, most well, of those well, were well, outside, well, the but they had were, their own. Yeah, the Steam machines were more of a concept that they floated that never really took off. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking right now to see if they have any known active development projects. And outside of their hardware stuff, uh, there's a rumor floating around that they're developing the next Portal game right now. But it doesn't yeah, look like there's any proof of feelings. that. Well, uh, well, here's the thing is that there's a rumor that they've been working on Half-Life 3 for the last decade. It's very true. Which, sad thing, we're at the decade mark for Half-Life 3. <laughs> Yeah, I don't ever want that game to come out. Hang it on, just hang, won't hang be on. any good. I need to look up something. Okay. Is this like a full pause? Uh, no, this is more just a joke uh, that I'm doing. Let's see. Half-Life of Radioactive Elements. We are at the... Uh, that's not a full list. Ah, here we go. Uh, let's see. Half-Life by seconds... I'm looking for the years one. Hang on. <laughs> okay. Let's see. We are at... Uh, we're past Cobalt 60 by quite a bit. We're approaching Hydrogen 3, which is 12.32 years. Then Californium 250 at 13.08. So I'm trying to figure out which radioactive <laughs> element uh, Half-Life 3 is made out of. Oh. Uh, hmm. What? That was a, a very highbrow joke. I liked it. It well makes done. up for the fart joke early, or earlier, it, right? It does. It balances <laughs> you out from the, the fart joke. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, 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 I wonder which radioactive element they uh, are making this out of. I hope it's not uh, something crazy like uh, Nickel 63, which is a half-life of 100 years. <laughs> What's U-235? Isn't Let's that in the see. thousands? Um, happen to find it on here. 
Uh, uranium uh, two, uh, 35 is 703.8 years. How long? I'm just making sure I have the right one. Uranium uh, 250, uh, uh, 235 is uh, low over 700 years. Okay. Oh, 238. Okay, uh, I was like, this says it's 4.47 billion years, but that's for 238, not 235. Thanks, Google, for showing me the wrong information. Yeah, well, uh, let's put it this way. Um, uranium uh, 238. Well, let me make sure I don't have... Uh, uh, oh, sorry, 235 is in scientific notation. I didn't catch that at first. It's uh, years to the power of six. So I didn't catch it with scientific notation. So Kyle stopped writing in. So what <laughs> What did you say it was? Um, 700 and what? 703 uh, uh, years to the, uh, uh, times uh, 10 to the power of six. So that's hundreds, thousands, ten to hundred thousand. Yeah, and I think I may have screwed up my joke because I, I went with the uh, I don't, wasn't paying attention to the scientific notation. So that's seven hundred and three million years. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully it's not U U two thirty five. Yeah. So no, it looks like I don't see scientific notation on this. So yeah, we're, uh, my joke is still good. We're approaching uh, hydrogen three. Nice. Okay. Uh, what were the other things he talked about? His recording stuff. Uh, yeah, he's uh, becoming a YouTuber, and he uh, proud of uh, copyright. And there's actually two different versions of uh, copyright claims that you can get on yourself. You get copyright strikes, which are the bad things. So it's a, that's the three strike out your uh, policy. But the thing is that that's an extreme thing. That's you know, uploading a full movie, for example. Uploading right. a full song uh, without uh, anything else with it. Even that uh, doesn't really get copyright strikes. It's Copyright strikes are typically reserved for huge uh, things like movies. Or when a developer gets pissy and wants to get one uh, over a, yeah. a YouTube reviewer. Yeah, Sega. Uh, also trying to up uh, their search results on uh, things. Yeah. Uh, copyright uh, matches is what you'll usually run into, and that's what you'll likely run into with the rock opera game, is that uh, it says, okay, uh, this song is in there. We're not mad at you, but we're going to take the ad revenue. Yeah. And the reason why you see a lot of YouTubers upset about it is that, you know, that's their livelihood. Yep. So they're not getting anything for that. It's not even that, that's the that's kind of the dulling thing is that it's not even a share. It's you know they're taking it all, even if it's a five second clip and an hour long video. Yeah, I I kind of make a game out of trying to get the most copyright matches that I can in certain content. Uh, my highest so far is like fifty five. Well, you could always just start adding Nintendo things. I could. Because Nintendo has uh, uh, a very, very strict uh, policy of you do not make money on it unless you sign up with us and then you get a little pittance. It's a reason why I I had a plan to go do uh, emulation stuff with Nintendo stuff and yeah. I completely dropped it. I don't blame you. It's just not worth the effort. And it's a long process to go through the uh, vetting process to begin with. Almost like uh, coming from a certain country into the United States. 
we just couldn't make it, could we? <laughs> nope. Just couldn't do it. <laughs> hey, we, be, we tried. Would, I didn't try. I, I was the one that did it. Fair enough. I tried. To be we fair, had, you didn't run this by me beforehand. No, that's true. I just was just going to like just leave it. Just leave it lying on the floor. The like someone's fire po- like someone's popularity rating. Their approval rating. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. I'll leave it uh, there for now. Uh, we'll, we'll put it next to the blue <clears throat> bottle that we smashed open. Yeah. I'm sure we will be talking about it more and more. But not right now. Uh, does that cover everything in his his audio letter? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I kind of let's forgot. Let's see. I think that's it, though. Obviously, well, the FTL well, stuff well, the, has already well, been the, played. Yeah the, yeah, the games that he mentioned, actually, uh, 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 I didn't recognize them. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's uh, uh, yeah, good on him or bad on me. And he did uh, bring up his uh, rather diverse music taste. Uh, pretty much uh, anything under the sun, uh, if he's in the mood for it. Yeah. And that was about it. All right. Well, uh, question of the week time? Yep. Uh, question of the week was a topic from last week. When do you consider a computer obsolete? And we got a lot of uh, discussion on this. <laughs> I was surprised, actually. Let's see. Groove. When it's obsolete, Kappa. <laughs> <laughs> and then chemistry replied with an uh, XK uh, CD uh, comic, which I, I may link. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, how willing I am whenever I'm doing show notes. If not, go uh, to the Twitter, which you should be anyway. And let's see, Groove, fun fact, there's logic in video games. Let's see, Ghost Shark. Uh, if it can run an OS newer than three generations behind the current version, and uh, it can't get upgraded to a more current version, Windows 8 machines are the exception. All of them should be either upgraded or burned at the stake for witchcraft. <laughs> uh, Chemist, if Microsoft continues the uh, current direction, Windows 7 will stay uh, uh, regardless of how many new OS has come out. <laughs> Which uh, is pretty true. Uh, do you have any fun Windows 10 stories to share uh, lately? Or? Um, well, so to play Factory multiplayer... Um, because it doesn't have the Steam built-in multiplayer yet. stuff. Yeah, yet. Hopefully they add it. Um, the easiest way to do it is to use a third-party client to create a virtual LAN. Uh, and we all use the Evolve client. Not from the game Evolve, but the the multiplayer client called Evolve. Anyways. I'll cut up on joke. <laughs> I was going to say, at least somebody's playing Evolve then. Um... But so anyways, it we have to use that. And uh, Windows 10 just does not like it. It's, in order to get the game to work, you have to spoof its MAC address and make it think that its its address is just zero. Because it, you know, it, it installs it like a virtual network drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to make Windows 10 think that the drive's MAC address is zero. Anything else, and it won't work. It won't connect to their servers. Don't know Weird. why. No clue why. Uh, had to go look up how to how to fix it when I couldn't connect. Uh, 
But that's my only wacky Windows 10 story of late. I'm disappointed. I mean, I, I rebuilt my machine and started from scratch, which helped with a lot of the sort of minor niggles that I was having uh, coming from a, an updated version. Plus, you know, nice new clean hardware that's not breaking down or catching on fire in front of me. No, nothing actually caught on fire. Metaphorical. As far as you know. For the whole thing just like dying. I mean, when you can hear your hard but, but drive clatter did you start the fire? It was always burning since the world was turning. <laughs> now, when you can hear your hard drive platter split spinning, you know that you're uh, in for a bad time. Loudly. With sort of a mechanical sound. Wait, it's not supposed to do that? Nope. <clears throat> not supposed to do that at all. Uh, is it supposed to go sprawling? <clears throat> like this? Uh, no, that sounds like you just hit somebody as El Cabong. <laughs> yeah. All right. What are okay, Mel's, uh, when it still has a floppy drive. Seriously, Dad, get rid of it already. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my dad. Uh, well, you could say that now about CD drives, actually. I have a disk drive. They still come in handy. Yeah, Although some mine, place to put your drink. Mine is a CD, DVD, Blu-ray, read-write. I mean, the main reason that I have it is just so that I can rip DVDs and Blu-rays to make digital copies. Because you are a pirate. Yeah. Disk storage, though, could still be used as viable long-term backup storage uh, as new, more efficient ways to encode data onto the surface of the disk are happening. You know, dual and triple layer encoding, more precise lasers. There's even a way that uh, I don't think that it's got any commercial products yet. It's still kind of in the development stage, but using the entire width of the disk for storage. Interesting. Which would, you know, up the capacity of a disk from, uh, I think Blu-rays are like 50 gigabytes or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, doing this would up the storage capacity to the uh, several hundred gigabytes to potentially terabyte range if they can make it work efficiently enough, but... You know, that's just for long-term storage. It wouldn't be yeah quickly accessible with current technology. Yeah, besides, it's not like game developers are going to put their entire game on a disc anyway. Just put the installer on it and be done with it. Download yeah. the rest. Yeah. But still, it would be nice to have, you know, that other form of backup, long long-term backup storage. I mean, that's kind of the purpose that tape drives still serve today. Because tape is an incredibly efficient way to store and maintain data. It's just very slowly accessible. Yeah. Let's see. Kyle, uh, when it catches fire. <laughs> yeah, like your PC did. Uh, have you Yours know, and Kyle. Well, um, mine, I, uh, the power supply just broke down in uh, a computer I had ages ago, and I took the motherboard out with it. Yeah. Let's see, uh, Chemist, but honestly, if it runs Windows 7, it could probably run three quarters of uh, my Steam library since games I, uh, for it are mostly Andes. Uh, Chemist, uh, when it crashes, uh, uh, when I connect to my pen drive, I'll, opens two programs at once uh, or press three keys. Basically, uh, what I have to deal with, <laughs> Uni. <laughs> uh, JD Rock. 
I tried to run a Civ 6 on my laptop. An error popped up saying I didn't have a compatible video card. Obsolete. <laughs> and that's it for uh, the uh, question of the week. Awesome. Other random tweets? Oh, well, I missed a FTL tweet, so I'll add that to the end of things. Okay. Uh, let's see, just a few, uh, general tweets, um, Kyle, nuclear reactors can explode, though it's more of a pressure vessel rupture than a detonation. Well, see, uh, I always went with the Mythbusters, uh, definition of explosion, that it has to be cool, I know, I mean that it generates a shockwave, <laughs> and, uh, and I don't think, uh, a, a vessel rupture like that generates much of a shockwave. Uh, but we're really splitting hairs here, or Adams, as you would say. Hey, let's see. Uh, yes, yes, I know it's not. Uh, they're not doing that. Uh, let's see, chemists. Um, no freedom uh, muffins for you, sad face. <laughs> it's just uh, first thing in the morning seeing that, which you agreed with me, uh, Jared. Yeah, it looked gross. It sounded pretty delicious, but it looked really gross. Let's see, million lights. If I read, it's all about exploration in this game. I read it as, it's lacking content and gameplay mechanics. Would you agree? Groove says, yes. And yeah, I think I pretty much agree with that. Especially if it's, no, no, no. The big one is community driven content for me. (laughs) Yeah, exploration doesn't necessarily mean that but the work that you have to do to make a game all about exploration actually be long lasting is a lot of work and most games don't put in the effort yeah or another one is um and this is going to sound crazy for me but uh, whenever a game starts talking heavily about their modding support yeah i mean mentioning it has mod support is one thing but talking constantly about it makes me think that there's not going to be a lot of gameplay in the base game. Yeah. Okay. Right. And Go Shark, uh, the FTL tweet that I missed. Uh, Crystal Adventures, this will make sense uh, when you hear my audio letter. That's the <laughs> uh, uh, series that he was talking about in his audio letter. Okay. And that's it for tweets. All and right. So we're going to step back in the elevator for a moment. We are. Yeah, I need to take a quick break. Uh, okay. I guess I can take a very short break as well. Yeah. Going up? I thought we were going down. I'm not falling for that one again. <laughs> so you think. All right. Be back in a couple minutes. Okay, I'm back. Welcome back. You know, I think we should get an old-timey elevator and get an elevator operator. (laughs) We can look into that. We we should hire a group. He's used to being in a small box all the time. (laughs) Hmm. Groove, do you want a job? And it would have the most delicious elevator ever because it would just be filled with jambalaya. 
Hear that groove? You want a job? <laughs> Alrighty. Let's. Yeah, sorry about the break. No, you're fine. I suppose it's time to uh, bring this crazy thing in yeah. the direction of the end. Uh, all right. Are we well, good? Uh, yeah. Well, before we do the weekly deals, I do need to do the email and the Twitter, but uh, because I nearly forgot again. Oh, okay. But uh, take us off the elevator. All right. Uh, you go ahead and do the Twitter and the email. Okay, well, uh, nearly forgot about the Twitter and email. Uh, you can find us, uh, well, over on Twitter at VGL Podcast if you wish to tweet at us. And if you wish to send us an email for the game club or anything else, you can do so at uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, All those right. are communications done. Now we can move on to weekly deals. Indeed, and I'd like to pose a question to you, which I thought of when we were talking earlier. We're coming up with a harder and harder time putting this segment together because we've been just done so many episodes and the same mm. games go on sale all the time. Do you think it's time to retire this section of the show? Or at least, uh, well, we talked about making it uh, an occasional thing. Right. And we uh, just never did that. Uh, do you want to skip it this week? Since it seems like you didn't weren't really too enthralled with what you had. And- I wasn't really enthused with what I had. Um, I mean, you know, I, I picked a couple of games, but really for me, it's like, well, I've kind of recommended, I feel like every game that regularly shows up on the list, I might check it every week and see if something exceptional pops up. And I'm like, Oh, that's yeah, even, good. Well, recommend that. Yeah. Even the humble bundle seems a, a bit weaker this time around. There's a new one out that only game I really know of is one game in the low tier. Yeah. Yeah, the humble uh, Bandai Namco bub, uh, bundle. Mm-hmm. It has uh, Pac-Man uh, 256, uh, Ace Combat Assault Horizon, which I'm sure is uh, interesting, at least. Uh, yeah. I'm not uh, huge into Ace Combat. And it also I mean, has Enslaved Odyssey to the West, which I have done a series on. Assault Horizon is probably the worst one in the series. When I talked last time, last week, two weeks ago... Mm-hmm. We were talking about games, and I was talking about, excuse me, Ace Combat 7. The game I was referring to that kind of lost a whole bunch of the wackiness that makes the Ace Combat series so fun is was Assault Horizon. I see. I don't know that uh, Ace Combat series at all, so. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad game mechanically. It's just, like, compared to the other Ace Combat games, it's lackluster. Yeah, and I'm just looking at the rest of the tiers. So Warhammer game that I don't know. Project Cars, which... Uh, Project Cars, from everything I've heard, it's a very, very pretty game, but it's uh, mechanically uh, one of the weaker uh, modern racing games that's been out on Steam. Yeah. Uh, or the one of the uh, modern major uh, racing games, I guess I should say. Yeah. Uh, Naruto game, uh, then uh, a bunch more added in just under a week. And then the other ones is uh, Tales of Zestria, which I have no idea what the hell this is. A bunch of DLC for Project Cars. And a pre-order for $35. Yeah. The Humble Bundle seems to have really gone downhill, hasn't it? Or it's more they're probably focusing on their monthly bundles. Yeah, that's probably it. They're focusing on the, the, their subscription, whatever. 
Is it the Humble yeah. Monthly or I forget yeah. what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, it's the Humble Monthly that's uh, their big thing. I think that we should take this segment and make it occasional. We can check every week to see if there's something that like really tickles our fancy. See if Hell like, uh, froze over? Yeah. But I'm looking at your two games. I know we've recommended both of those before. And the two games that I picked, we I haven't recommended. But I'm not really like excited for them. It's just well, like, well, well, I guess these are... Well, let's just mention them uh, just because we picked them out, but... Sure. I, I don't think I'm even going to bother putting them on the uh, show notes because we talked about uh, mine uh, before, yours, or uh, you sound so lukewarm on them. That you... Yeah. Uh, mine is Dragon Age Origins Ultimate Edition uh, and Space Pirates and Zombies. Spaz. Yeah. Two games My... I know we've done before. Yeah. And yours is Science Girls, which I'm pretty sure I have a review copy of that I never uh, took a look at. Science Girls is like a turn-based RPG mixed with um, a visual a, novel. A visual novel, and it's uh, okay. I, I mean, it's like its main thing is like, oh, these girls are cute because it's not a great game, but it's not a bad game either. So that's why I was like, well, I guess I'll put it. Yeah, on the I list. definitely own it. I'm not sure if I got it from a bundle or uh, or it's a review copy. It's one of the two. And then the other one was Cafe O, the Drowned Mermaid, and it's a a, a murder mystery visual novel. Uh, I mean, it's a pretty decent one, but as far as murder or as visual novels go, it's one of the first ones that showed up on Steam. So, it's okay, but everything that it does has since been done way better. Yeah, and that's kind of the problem with uh, being one of the first uh, visual novels is that, you know, you get a lot of popularity because, oh, it's a visual novel, but, you know, it's, you don't have to be particularly good to get that uh, initial attention. Yeah, so... Like I said, two lackluster picks for me. Yeah, at least mine were good picks. It's just, you know, we've done them before. Yeah, so we'll we'll retire this as a regular segment, and we can each, you know... Maybe we could come up with something different. Maybe. Uh, This would be a good time for some audience feedback. Do you guys have, like, a segment that we've either done before that you'd like us to do more regularly, or suggestions for things that we can try? Obviously, if nothing comes up, we can just... Um, add more news topics or if we need to build up time. But here lately, we've been spending a lot more time talking about games and less on the news. And I don't know if that's just the season that we're in. Like, there's not a lot of news right now. Yeah, there's not, there's not a lot of news right now. That's the problem. Uh, I mean, last week we had to do two general topics just because there was really nothing out there. And yeah. also part of the problem with our uh, uh, just game picks is that we record on a Tuesday and release on a Friday. So we only really get the weekly deals. We don't get the midweek madness, which would, uh, that's active now, but, uh, will be gone by the time our, uh, episode is out. And the weekend, uh, deals are, uh, not out until the day you're doing the editing. Or yeah. if you're not editing, then I'm putting up the podcast and doing show notes. Yeah. But so. yeah, it's not realistic to say, well, we should just uh, do it, a, uh, you know, uh, do it uh, in uh, 24 hours because that is absolutely insane to do on a long term basis. We could squeeze it out every so often if need be, but it would drive us absolutely mad. Yeah. So I know that you suggested something else for question of the week, but a good question of the week might be, you know, what should we replace? uh or is there anything we should replace deals of the week with or segment new segment ideas? Okay, I'll uh, put that out there then. 
I don't know. You can think of the best way to word it, but yeah, that would be that would be good. It's been a while too since we've directly asked for audience feedback. So, amidst all of this, if you guys want to send in some letters or give us some additional tweets or whatever, any changes that you think could be made to the show, how we've been doing here lately, the shows have been progressively staying longer. Uh, I mean, eventually we're going to hit a hard hard limit where I just can't stay up anymore. <laughs> I do eventually have to go to bed. I'm not a I'm a day walker, so. Meanwhile, I am the night. Yeah. But I mean, I, are I you guys liking that? My, the... number, not, my numbers on uh, YouTube for the podcast has actually been doing somewhat decent. Yeah. Well, for well, I should say I should uh, quantify that with for a channel my size. Yeah, I actually haven't checked my the few most recent ones. Yeah, uh, see how they're doing. I'm getting in the ballpark of 15 views for the podcast, which for a three hour long video is absolutely massive. Yeah, most uh, of mine are actually averaging double digits too 10, 11, 12. This one's at 7. Mine was at 16. So, yeah. Yeah, mine average has been about 15 or uh, 15 to 20 actually uh, for the uh, last few podcasts. Yeah, so just any general feedback, uh, personal question I want to know, do you guys like the closer to three and a half hour time limit that we've been hitting? Because, I mean, we're going to hit it again. We're already at over three hours recording time, plus we've got to wrap up, plus the other stuff that's going to go in in editing. So yeah, show's going to be about three and a half hours. But that would be some good feedback that I'd like to know. Yeah, and hopefully, well... Over the next week or two, we'll hear from it. Mm-hmm. Or you'll just get told it directly. Yeah, that would be fine, too. I mean, feel free to tell me on Steam or Yeah, but you'll have Discord. to tell me because, remember, I I actually don't get a lot of uh, communication from uh, uh, listeners. Outside but, of Discord, that is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do put myself out there for it where you don't really. Yeah, I'm the grumpy old man uh, waving his cane around. Yep. But that's all right. So, with the not-so-community corner, or not community <laughs> corner, the not-so-weekly <laughs> deals uh, yeah. out of the way, let's move on to the wrapping-up portion of the podcast, which is where I always go first. Uh, what's coming up on my channel this week on YouTube? It'll be more of the same. Uh, again, I've got another round of videos scheduled to start going up uh, tomorrow from the recording date like seven or eight days worth of stuff scheduled and it's divinity and some more backlog stuff. Um, so we're going to get all that stuff out there. Uh, remember people from me that I am going to, or I am actually, I've started the kind of basic scripting for a couple of the episodes because some of them are going to be scripted. Some of them are going to be more off the cuff. I've decided originally my plan with this was to go completely off the cuff, but I do ramble especially when I talk about very personal things. Uh, really? Yeah. Very easy to get sidetracked. So I'm going to do some that are more scripted or at least have like bullet points or whatever to hit. But uh, I'm doing that project all about me, which I, that's still kind of a working title. But since people ask me about my life all the time and, and the weird, wacky, crazy things that I do that I just don't really give a shit about because I don't care what people think, uh, I get asked lots of questions about things. So I'm just going to do a video series and put it all on YouTube and answer any questions that you want. My life is an open book. 
uh, feel free to write in or send me, you know, messages on Steam or whatever. Ask me any questions you want me to answer or things you'd like me to elaborate on. And uh, I'll talk about them and put them on YouTube. Like I said last time, hoping to have that up in April-ish. I'm giving myself a very large time frame with which to complete this project. Uh, and if it comes out sooner, great, but I definitely would not expect it before April. Um, also, I want to... This is another future project. I want to, while um, everyone is gone in March, except for me, like mm -hmm. Katie and King, uh, they're taking a 10-day trip to go visit my in-laws, uh, and I'll be here by myself. I want to do a full playthrough of a game on Twitch during that time. I don't know if I'll be able to do it anyways, and I don't even know what game I want to play yet, but... That would be fun to just have everyone come hang out and, and I'll play through a now whole the game. The question is, are you going to have uh, people on or is it just going to be you uh, by yourself? I haven't decided yet. This is kind of like a spitballing stage. And if anybody wants to give input, by all means, please do so. But again, that's another big future project. Uh, and that's it for the channel. Uh, if you want to find me on, on the YouTubes, you can do so by looking up Gaming Psychologist. If you want to follow me on Twitter, where I tweet about lots of things, yes, many of them here lately have been political, and really? they probably will be for the at least near future. We'll see how things go. Uh, I give it a, at least a few years. Uh, you can do so by following me at JMA4707. If you want to watch me stream games on Twitch, which I do regularly a couple of nights a week, and uh, as last night proved, kind of randomly sometimes too, you can do so over at twitch.tv slash jarthur4707. And if you want to be my friend on Steam, talk to me about all kinds of things, anything you want to, you can do so by uh, sending a friend request to jarthur4707. And if you wish to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is snickerdoodle. Snickerdoodle. And you, now you've just made me hungry. <laughs> I told you I have a list of really random words, and that's one of them. <laughs> that you do. All right, buddy. Well, what about you? What's going on for you this week? Uh, well, everything's kind of in the middle of series, so there's not a lot to report. Uh, well, let's go down the list. Uh, Valiant Hearts, um, a bit over uh, the halfway point, uh, <laughs> going to more towards the... Uh, three quarters way of the way through matter okay. of fact i think i may have just hit the three quarters of the way through with my backlog of this series uh still a very good game it's very very slow paced though uh, uh and it has a lot of interconnected and interwoven uh storylines it's a uh, very good though i really liked it so far Granted, it is a uh, Ubisoft game, so I have had to fight it with uh, my controller because it doesn't like having more than one controller plugged in at a time, which normally that wouldn't be a problem, but uh, I use the DualShock 4, and the way it works is that it uh, uh, emulates a 360 pad and just takes uh, all the inputs from the uh, DualShock 4 and uh, maps it to the, uh, emulate a 360 pad. For most games, that's not a problem. Uh, you still see the three, uh, the, the DualShock, uh, just there idle. 
uh, while the 360 pad's doing all the work, but it just, uh, yeah, it's not normally a problem. But uh, Valiant Hard sees two, two controllers, it's like, I don't know what to do here, and ignores <laughs> both of them. Thankfully, uh, the software that I use, I'm not running uh, the uh, DualShock 4 compatibility mode in Steam just because I'm not a huge fan of some of the stuff with it. Mostly uh, not the inability to set up dead zones because I like my dead zones a little bit larger than what the DualShock 4 has. Otherwise, the, the controller feels a little too twitchy. Yeah. But thankfully, I'm able to hide the DualShock 4 and it's like, Oh, only one controller. I could, I could, I could deal with this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No problem, boss. <laughs> so let's see. Um, Rim World is, uh, in about the, uh, mid, uh, phase. And the one of the episodes I just released, I lost, uh, I think half my colony. And you're going to love this, Jared. Can okay. you guess how I lost half my colony? Um, mining accident. No. No. Gay sex and you didn't have any kids. No. Mm. Suicide from depression. Mm, technically not, but I did have somebody smoke themselves to death. <laughs> no, no, I'm not joking on that. I had someone uh, go into the freezer uh, to smoke some weed. <laughs> And it knocked his consciousness too low and killed him. <laughs> nice. That's what I was referring to with be cool, by the way. <laughs> uh, Is that no, how no. he killed himself? Yeah, yeah. He smoked some weed and uh, uh, killed himself with it. <laughs> but no, no. How I lost about half my colony. There was a pack of manhunting rabbits. Show up. <laughs> well, I had most of my colony out on a hunting trip. A la Monty Python and the Holy Grail yeah. style? Yes. Nice. O- only instead of one, there was about, I would say, 15. And they surrounded them, and three people each had about 20 different cuts and bites, and they got infected and died. <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, one of the mods I have, in case you're wondering, uh, makes it so that Manhunter packs, packs could beat literally anything. Usually they're uh, reserved to some of the more dangerous beasts. But it turns out rabbits are also deadly. <laughs> Who knew? Well, besides Monty Python. Actually, rabbits can be pretty vicious. You don't think about it because they're so cute and cuddly, but... Yeah, but they, they can leap about. Claws. They can leap about and they have long fangs. <laughs> Uh, but if you um, if you wish to join that colony or one of my future colonies, because my name list does carry over, it's just re-randomized every time. Oh, and the faction name, by the way, is the Victims of Circumstance, and boy, did they live up to that. <laughs> uh, you could uh, either comment on one of my RimWorld videos t- saying that you want to be uh, part of the colony or contact me on Twitter, GameYourCR, and I'll add you my name list uh, to become a, uh, well, a Victim of Circumstance or... Uh, whatever faction name I come up with. If anybody has a good faction name, I'll add it to a list as well. But I really like Victims of Circumstance. I think that's a good uh, name. Uh, and, of course, uh, well, Divinity Original Sin. 
we're still ongoing with that. We had a a bit of a recording hiccup, as you may have heard in the beginning of the show. But hopefully that's ironed out and we'll be able to record Saturday, right? Should be able to. <laughs> I'm just mildly picking on you. A little bit. Wait, when are we going to record next? <laughs> <laughs> Don't maybe send you a calendar. <laughs> Google Calendar always fucks it up, so. No, I mean a physical calendar. I've got a physical calendar. It's a calendar with my kids' pictures all over it. Oh. Yeah, it's cute. He's so cute. Yumuji, Yumuji, Yumuji. Actually, he is pretty cute. He's As he learns more and more words, but that he still doesn't know how to pronounce, he says strange things. Should I send him the word list? <laughs> you could. He Let's wouldn't be see, able to read uh, it. I'd have to tell him the words, but... Yeah, uh, well, some of these words I don't think you want them to learn. At least not yet. (laughs) That was a little yawn that snuck in. My coffee's Uh, empty and I haven't had any more. What, am I boring you? Are you not entertained? Dude, it's 2.40 in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, so? I've been up for a long time. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Well, the very original sin... I say we're a good chunk of the way into the game, but we still have a long, long road to go. Uh, a little bit of uh, bickering back and forth between us, but, you know, it, it makes uh, the making up all the much better, right? Smoochy, smoochy, smoochy. <laughs> uh, but you can find all that over on my channel, Gaming with uh, Caffeine Rage. Or you can find me on Twitter, Gaming with CR, where I occasionally post uh, be killing people in Rocket League. <laughs> Or just other random things. Uh, no uh, twitch.tv, so uh, that wraps me up. Alrighty. Well, you curious on out? Well, if I must. I mean, you see, uh, you seem very eager to go to bed for some reason. <laughs> it's almost three in the morning. I have to... Uh, Mondays and Wednesdays now, because of the change in time when we have supervision to an absurdly early morning hour means that I have to get up extra early on Wednesdays. Does this mean we need to change recording times? I don't know. I thought about it. I, last week was a weird week. It, like, and Honestly, the last couple of three weeks have been weird, so I'm waiting to see how I do with a normal schedule. But I had considered asking to start recording earlier, but I'm not ready to do that just yet. Uh, well, if you wish to continue listening to us, if, or if you're listening to us through an alternate means, you can find us over at vglpodcast.podbean.com. We actually got a couple people following us over there now. I didn't even realize that you could really do that. Yeah, you can follow directly through the Podbean app or on the website. Yeah, I hadn't uh, poked around there, and I still haven't done the art pass over there. I just uh, had things going on, and uh, being very angry at medical suppliers. <laughs> right. Uh, so you can find us over there with our RSS feed and iTunes and Google Play should either be updated or updating. So if you wish to use those services instead, uh, you can talk to us, uh, contact us over at vglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming related topics or suggestions of what we should do uh, instead of the weekly sales pick. And no, it's not that we will not do that or that. 
or especially that. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was waiting for that. But one. I won't do that. Thank you, Meatloaf. What's it? Did you know he's actually a vegetarian? No. It's just really? one of those. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. He's named Meatloaf, but he's a vegetarian. I guess Tofu Loaf wasn't exactly uh, as catchy. You're Googling <laughs> this now, aren't you? I am. Uh, well, at least he was for a time. I'm not sure if he still is. Or you could tweet us over at VGL Podcast on Twitter. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash VGL Podcast, where you could try to support this absolute madness. <laughs> as Jared quickly is trying to look this up. Well, it's giving me stuff about Meatloaf the food. <laughs> Try a Meatloaf singer. Apparently, you can get vegetarian Meatloaf. <laughs> Which just seems blasphemous, doesn't it? It does. It does. I quite like Meatloaf, actually. Wait, wait. Uh, food or singer? Uh, Food. Meatloaf the singer... Uh, I like kind of his big hits, but most everything else is hit or miss for him. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Anyway, our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kevin McLeod, and you can find his work in Computech.com. So, Jared, it's time for you to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, as always, as his loving music starts to roll across my voice. Bye bye now. Uh, see you next time. Maybe with a little less meatloaf. <laughs> I'm hungry again. <laughs> <laughs> Hungry Podcast. <laughs>